Blog Talk Radio. The, the modern occurrence here on Trevor <laughs> and I think I pressed it. It's not played. <laughs> I'm not this even going to wait. This is killing time. me. Who's she going to interrupt? <laughs> so the record is like three minutes. <laughs> <It's insane. laughs> no, just start introducing the show. As soon as you try, she'll she'll jump in. It's incredible how that always happens. <laughs> it's insane. I I put it off before, and no matter when I start, she jumps in. <laughs> this time, I'm not even giving a shit. It's like no, five seconds have gone by. I don't care. <laughs> I'm doing it. Uh, hello, and welcome. My name is Matt Mayer, aka the Implications, columnist of the Imp Adventure series on LawsOfPain.net, and you're a perfect ten wrestling host right here on Laws of Pain Radio. I'm once again joined by Burn. Yes, you are. Yeah, and we got through all of that. No interruption. Mm. Right. <laughs> Clive, do you want to take your roll of the dice? <laughs> uh, we are joined by Clive of the Ricky and Clive Show. Hello, everybody. Nice to speak to you again. Yes, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I promise I clicked it once <laughs> and then was just like I just don't care <laughs> uh, this week you've got fatigued imp who doesn't give a shit about anything <laughs> so anyway, I... I've, I've had so little time I've burst through everything from this week in like a day for just skipping lots <laughs> getting the gist you're, of things you're the Sammy Owen you're the Sammy Dana of podcasting apparently <laughs> you can all, all go be... to hell I mean, amazing gimmick. Oh. <laughs> Not in a, like, Tito kind of angry at everything way, but just in a, like, I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, before I go into it, uh, we are joined by Clive of the Ricky and Clive show, who you heard with his Scottish voice, what Burn says, his amazing radio voice. <laughs> uh, so, yes, we did a show. This is my and Clive's second show of the night. <laughs> and only my fatigue. I've also done two shows. <laughs> well done, me. Uh, yes, so uh, Clive is hosting that one, and this time I'm hosting this one, and Clive is joining us uh, as our network specialist. So we've changed it from, because I used to do every single week, I talk about the network stuff, and then I kind of wanted to talk about main roster stuff, and Bird coming back was like the best opportunity just to switch it up completely. <laughs> <laughs> so Bird's been like a reset button for the format of this show. So now we're just going to do a like once a month kind of talking about the network kind of thing, and Burn for these next few months gets to decide whether he stays for that or not. It's <laughs> all up to him. Most of the time I will, but today I got to peace out a little early, so you guys will have it to yourselves. Right, but first, we've got main roster stuff to talk about. <laughs> uh, there is a couple of news things in a way. This is weird for me because some of this will be the second time I've talked about this for a show that doesn't. Um, until what was it May Clive <laughs> the one we did earlier <laughs> yeah it should be it's in the can for some point middle of May yeah so 
second time I've hopefully I do this well. So the new some news coming out today were the quarterly reports. Or oh, I'm starting off with the hot exciting stuff here. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um so the quarter one reports, not great. Numbers down from last year, numbers down compared to lots of other sports. Like they specifically didn't include certain sports on their thing. Like you, you're never going to see the NFL on their spreadsheets anymore. <laughs> it's just so far gone. <laughs> There's not a thing. <laughs> but the quarter one numbers are down from last year, and the, you know, disappointing was the word. Uh, WWE still saying they're going to break one billion by the end of the year. Uh, that really is all hinging on one thing, and that's quarters two and four. Because Burn, can you guess what happens in quarters two and four? Mm, no. The country that shall not be named on WWE television <laughs> ever since the incident. So there's the two Saudi Arabia shows. Oh. Uh, yes. Uh, I thought for a second you were referring to Brexit, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clive is Scottish and Scotland voted <laughs> to remain <laughs> and are being forced out anyway. <laughs> so even touchier over <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so um, with the Saudi Arabia shows, they were asked point blank on uh, on this issue, just saying, well, I see that the numbers are astronomically higher for quarters two and four. We're talking, yeah, like did, uh, double digits bigger. <laughs> it's, it's insane, insanely bigger for the Saudi Arabia months. And they're point blank asked, is it because of the uh, Saudi Arabia money? Are you getting that much for it? And they just were just like, uh, I don't want to talk about that. I've just moved on. <laughs> you say Saudi Arabia money. I say blood money. Yeah. <laughs> and the second point which came off of that, which has been the phrase which has been retweeted everywhere, everyone just laughing at it, was they were talking about what's kind of like been some of the issues creative-wise. Even that came up on, the, on this call, <laughs> which tells you it's a known issue. Wow. Uh, and Vince McMahon credited it towards injury. <laughs> so just to sum up his entire point, <laughs> was essentially saying because of injuries, uh, of superstars not being available, that's hindered really their ability to tell stories the way they'd like to. So, yes, the internet has <laughs> shat all true. over. It's <laughs> true. Roman was gone for a couple months. That probably changed all their stories. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what everyone assumed he was on about. <laughs> <laughs> One guy. One guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, however, there's that point as well. <laughs> then it goes, like, but are you not taking any credibility <laughs> for the fact you've yeah. just failed to tell stories regardless? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> those are the kind of things coming out, of course, the report. you got the Triple H thing kind of bigging up NXT as well, which is kind of uh, interesting to see. Some of it was the... Some people I saw getting angry at it before. I just saw it as generic corporate speak. Like them bigging up what the NXT developmental does, like Triple H said the sentence, uh, we don't hire superstars, we make them. And everyone went, well, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) NXT's like a super indie. (laughs) But he said, it's just corporate speak, don't take too much heed in it. (laughs) It doesn't really matter. Uh, But yes, so the big expectation, and uh, on the recording with Clive, Ricky wished me luck. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm going to have another Saudi Arabia column to write, and I really don't want to, <laughs> but it's going to happen. I'm going to cover it in the whatever light happens, and I'm just going to... I'm not going to watch the show. Me and Ben have already talked about this. We're not going to cover it. <laughs> We're not going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Get right past it. I don't know what your plan is, Clive. 
I have missed the other two. The first one was because I lost my house keys and I was in a panic for that whole afternoon. <laughs> uh, and the second one, it was just, no, it wasn't even out of protest. It was just a case of, wow, that's a terrible card. I'll just give that a miss. Thank you very much. Uh, I'd Put like some to alternative say. Alternative programming. Come on, AEW. Put something on that weekend. Variety show. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Because AEW exists for the second one. Uh, that's going to be quite interesting. <laughs> We've already on this show had the meltdown of, oh, please don't say SmackDown Live goes for three hours because I'm meant to be fitting in AEW somehow. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> break everything. <laughs> but anyway... We've now got that. That's pretty much my big news for this week was a quarterly report. <laughs> I couldn't, I didn't, I've not seen anything. Do you, do you guys uh, see, well, Bird first, did you see anything that I might have missed news-wise because I've been out of the loop? Uh, the only thing, I'm I'm on the lordofpain.net front page, and Jim Ross saying Kofi Kingston needs to be a more serious champion because he's not running around stunning people and drinking beers so nobody can take him seriously. Like, <laughs> I don't really care if he's, you know, frowning or smiling as long as he's kicking people's asses. And he has been really dominant in the last, you know, month, month and a half. So say he's serious or not serious, I think that's just conflating the issue with whether or not you're being booked well or not. And Kofi's been booked actually really well. He's winning a lot of matches. The only time he gets beat down is when Kevin Owens sneak attacks him. Spoilers! Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I didn't quite see what Jim Ross was saying about that when I saw that. I really hope it's not the case of, like, the older guy who used to be really, really, really great in his industry losing touch and clinging to old ideas. But, you know, the more things that I've heard from Jim Ross over the last couple of months, the more I'm thinking it's kind of leaning into that territory, right? (laughs) Yeah, I took the wrong time to take a sip of tea. Nice. <laughs> well, it's <is> more burn. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, um, real quickly, uh, I'm not going to go through all the news. Just going to skip right through. So we've got Raw and SmackDown, and we've got the network thing thing to cover, which is going to elongate this show. Can you el- elongate a show? <laughs> I, don't know I'm that. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's pretend it's actually applicable. <laughs> so, uh, Monday Night Raw, then SmackDown, and then. Burn will piss off. Unless he wants to talk about NXT, sometimes he does. I know you said it already, you got to piss off. I love NXT. I would talk about NXT. <laughs> right, we'll do NXT, then Burn can piss off, and then we'll do... I don't watch off. 205 Live. Not out of any kind of protest, just there are so many hours in the day. <laughs> Hence the AEW panic. <laughs> like, when am I going to watch this? <laughs> well, us UK fans technically can't watch it, I think. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. We've not, well, you don't know where you're watching it, Burn. <laughs> Never mind us. <laughs> So, Monday Night Raw, uh, we've kind of stopped just going through it beat to beat, so it's just the interesting things you want to talk about. Uh, so, I watched this on kind of like a fast forward, because I just, I'm not going to, I didn't have six hours three to watch all, all week, like a whole week of wrestling. <laughs> How do you guys watch Raw? Because I watched it on Hulu, and, you know, you lose about 60 minutes of wrestling and like, usually one interesting segment so sometimes i read about something i thought sounded really cool and then it's not on my replay but i don't know how you guys watch it how do you do you guys watch it on sky or do you yep. watch it live uh yeah sky sports so it's just recorded and just wind through stuff yeah yeah i get it through um nefarious means let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're seeing the whole show yeah i wouldn't go that far either <laughs> <laughs> all right uh. then <laughs> so 
I will say, so quite when I used to do my columns on Laws of Pain, like uh, some people, are, oh, how did you used to get your pictures? I was like, oh, I guess nefarious means and then screenshots. <laughs> 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 and I've noticed big, um, big, uh, bigger YouTubers. Uh, I won't name call. Uh, I've noticed that they've used the set, uh, that they must be doing that because their screenshots look very similar to the rips that I'd got. <laughs> like, ah, oh, you're meant, you're meant to be legit. <laughs> I know what you're doing. But anyway, someone like more in the as I called it the aftermath of the shakeup. It was felt pretty strongly. Some it felt like a week where they were trying to fix the crap that they did last week. <laughs> some wasn't their fault. Like Samojo got ill. There's not really much you can do about that. So yeah, that was perfectly fine. Other things like what's happened to CN and Alistair Black. <laughs> that was really random. Name changes, obviously, still for the Vikings, and there's rumours that they're still not done. <laughs> they still don't like the name. I was like, oh, the, the name worked, but I do understand why you can't have war. Oh, sorry, I just remembered my favourite story to cover this past week, but it relates to this. Yeah, so they can't have war whilst in the Saudi Arabia thing. I guess. <laughs> so like don't that. send them? <laughs> but my favourite story from the week about that was... Um, they decided not to run Backlash because they thought it would be a bad idea to have the Backlash pay-per-view just a week or so after doing a Saudi Arabia show. <laughs> that's pretty great. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah, they've not thought things through. But anyway, Monday Night Raw was essentially built off of two triple-threat matches, which then led to a singles match final. I know Byrne will pop for, for one of the finalists. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I really like that they, we talked about this last week, they actually built a show. They built it beforehand. It didn't require, like, the clusterfuck beginning where the matches spontaneously burst out of someone's forehead and weren't planned before the, before the beginning of the night, right? Like, they plan these two triple threats. The winners get to go face each other to be the number one contender. Very well done. Very good job. However... The first segment to get there was 20 minutes of Triple H and Seth Rollins and then everyone dropping their two little promo lines and then moving on to the next person. It was preposterous. And it was really long and really slow and really boring. So I appreciate the effort, and I'm sure it looked good on paper, but then that whole thing should have been six minutes, not 20 minutes. Bogged down the show right from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, well, Clive, what do you think of the, I guess, the way they introduced... Well, actually, no, I'll give you a completely different question. Because it happened on SmackDown as well. What do you think of uh, the way it's currently going at the moment with the McMahon's opening the shows in his like 15-minute promos to set the card out? Oh, it's just it's a trope that's been going on for so long now that I'm just almost used to it, where I don't have an opinion on it. They do have three hours to fill on Raw, possibly SmackDown in the future. So there is an argument that they have that time to fill, but there's still people not being used on the card. They could do something... They could give us longer matches if they wanted. The the McMahon family thing is just, okay, we get the point. Can we just move on? All of that could have been done without Triple H or Stephanie there, basically. Yeah. It could have started with Seth coming out and saying, right, it's time, it'd be time to organise a challenger instead of having the, the game, uh, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's been kind of my, like, the two McMahon stuff was kind of my example was, Yes, it worked in a way, and the thing with Miz did really well in trying to get it over, and the match itself, I thought, was, it did everything it needed to do. However, imagine if it wasn't Shane McMahon and it was just a modern-day wrestler. Like, how much more you could have done with it? And it's just it's that irritating thing of why do the McMahon still have to be in everything? Like, in their, in their era, the early 2000s, it 
worked. It made sense, and he had the yeah. aftermath of that in the I guess the mid to late noughties. I guess it's still that it would reverberate <laughs> what happened, and they'd still be there. But now, ten years later, like especially after the authority storyline went on for so long, and then eventually died, and everyone was so happy. You know, like five years, four five years later, we're back to exactly where we were. <laughs> yeah, except at least when Vince would come out, or when the authority would come out, even if they were burning time, like they were pushing a story forward. Triple H came out just because Triple H wanted to come out, mm-hmm. right? And. Speaking of Triple H, I find his relationship with Seth really weird at this point. Oh. They had like a death match at WrestleMania, <laughs> pure hatred, and then they're like buddy, buddy, shake hands, hug. Oh, I love you, buddy. It's super weird. That was two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and they've had no storyline interaction since then. This <laughs> is just, I guess, Triple H's face now, and faces are all friends, no matter context or fascination. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, speaking of three hours, if you have three hours to fill and you decide you want to put Triple H in the ring for eight minutes, like you could squeeze another women's match in. There are like four women on the entire oh, yeah. show this week, <laughs> and they they only managed to get Alexa Bliss in by the title card. It was like, well, but that's like, <laughs> like yeah, I guess the fans would be happy. She just walked out and said that herself. <laughs> so they would be fine with that. <laughs> um, one question. I'm, I'm just going to mention it now because I thought it was. It was the biggest point of contention that I saw over Twitter when it happened, but Ray Wyatt. So, Clyde, what did you think of Ray Wyatt's vignette or video with, with what was it called? The something Funhouse. Whatever Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. Yes. What do you make of it, Clyde? A couple of things. The first one, it wasn't the most concerning, personally concerning vignette from the week, and that belongs to someone else in SmackDown, but we'll get there later. Uh, with regards to what Bray Wyatt did, it was different. It didn't really bother me too much. I have seen worse, far worse Bray Wyatt stuff before. The sister Abigail um, taking Undertaker and Kane into a magical vortex. Uh, the House of Horrors stuff, doing the blackface skit with Randy Orton. Yes. So there's been many other things that I think are just a lot worse for Bray Wyatt. Mo- my only concern is what these things that have these sort of reboots that he's had in the past, they've led nowhere and I just feel that this might lead nowhere again because they seem to have a, a creative impetus to start with and then it just fizzles away to nothing. Yeah, Ben. I love that segment so much. <laughs> love it so much. It's so weird and so creepy and it's just a little below the surface. Or if you just watch it and you don't know anything about it, you're like, that's a really stupid Mr. Rogers knockoff and why is his crow puppet so fucking weird and creepy? <laughs> right? but, yeah. but then you think about it and you listen to what he says, right? He says, uh, oh, I wrote it down. Um, I'll always light the way. All you have to do is let me in. Oh my God, that's a horror movie villain saying that. <laughs> it's so good. He he's like the the friendly little Mister Rogers with this sweater, and then he takes a chainsaw and cuts his old person in half. <laughs> I love it so much. Watching his face. <laughs> <laughs> right, and he's got his creepy gloves with like a heel hurt on them. He's still just a complete psycho, mm. and he's just gone a different direction with it. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. For me, um, especially when I saw people complaining about it, I was really confused. Uh, someone hit me up on Twitter. I'm so sorry, I'm out of it. I can't remember who you were. But it was like, did, did you like hate that? I thought it was awful. And I was just like, for me, it felt like, uh, did either of you watch Dexter? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
so for me, it was like the first episode of Dexter where you see the villain just do a thing, and it just doesn't feel quite right. <laughs> like you don't know for certain that that person is the villain, but you get that feeling that it's not quite. And all the little signs are there. <laughs> of course, it's going to build from there, so you don't judge it by the first episode and it's like, oh god, there's no villain. What is this? <laughs> it's going to slowly build. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's going to work out. Yeah, the me, question, it felt like that. where do they go? Where do they go with it? Yes, does he that... do three months more of vignettes and everyone gets really bored? Or does he, <laughs> you know, show up and do something? Does he basically just become the same character he was before? Does he show new character traits? That's what's going to be really important. But I, I love the foundation they laid. It's so creepy. Mm-hmm. Especially if it can continues to do what it has done and it builds and changes every week. So you had the bird and then you had the bird and the not page doll. <laughs> the witch. <laughs> Yeah, well, with the sound effect where it was like he introduced the witch and it was like a ooh. <laughs> it's <always been> it. <laughs> hey, <It's> so weird. <laughs> yeah, like a hey girl. <laughs> Something maybe that. Uh, but yeah, so and then this week we got actually like you finally got it confirmed that it is Bray Wyatt and, he, and there's an amazing uh, gift that I retweeted on Twitter. I think it was the Wrestle Thoughts pod- podcast who was like did uh, me coming home drunk at like one a.m. And it was Bray Wyatt <laughs> opening the door, smiling. He's like, he, he. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> but yes, it continues to build like it has, and it continues to develop and change as much as each individual vignette has. Then it's got promise. The issue is for me, I don't. Nothing about WWE's recent track record tells me they can keep this up. Yep. <laughs> this is one of those complex things that actually needs care and attention, and it will only work if they do that. So that's why I brought up Dexter, like. Early season Dexter compared to later season Dexter are two completely different shows. Very much so. <laughs> so this could either be, we don't know which one this is going to be. This could be John Lithgow or this could be whoever was the villain in season seven, I can't tell you. And I want I to mean, think about <laughs> The other question is, right, yeah. how do they actually use Bray once he shows up in the ring? Because exactly. people have mentioned, you know, if they use him like The Undertaker, Cactus Jack or whatever, where he shows up once a month, once every other month, and makes a huge impact, and then other than that, he's doing the vignettes and crazy, creepy stuff backstage. That's a really good use for him. But when he shows up every week and does a promo and does his little backstage thing, and then he wrestles every week, he loses a lot of that luster and that, that mystique, right? So he needs to stay kind of in the background, keep changing those promos, and then show up and make a huge impact when he does. He needs to change his, all of his mannerisms when he's wrestling as well. He has to change absolutely everything to keep this um, kids TV presenter thing going. It's it will be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> oh, are we transitioning into Finn and the Demon? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as there's no Sister Abigail thing, like yeah. <laughs> well, my my biggest fear is he wrestles as all these different characters that we're seeing oh. on the kids TV show. <laughs> That's a, I'd love to see the buzzard one. That would just be like Cassius Ono dressed up as the dinosaur at like their NXT New Year thing. <laughs> that would be that'll be funny, but I don't want anything like Sister Abigail. <laughs> that was we got we got saved by those illnesses. <laughs> that was lucky. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's good to know that Twitter was just being Twitter <laughs> with that one. It was I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's Again, it's the first episode of a TV show. You don't judge everything off of that. Like, you see that quite often with wrestling. Quite a lot of people will very quickly jump on something. like, oh, God, nothing happened this week. It's like, well, this is going to happen. <laughs> They're building towards it. They told yeah, it's you. like Game of Thrones. 
You needed two yeah. episodes to set up the big episode. Yeah. And then you watch this episode two, and you're like, oh, they're the, the all being set up to die. They can't all be. At least as wrestling fans, we're we're preconditioned to watch all of our favorites die. <laughs> yeah. Metaphorically. Yeah, it's creative. Although also death. literally, John yeah. Oliver. <laughs> it's yeah, it's creative death. <laughs> 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 <But> yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, right, so now if you know, I've got, I've got to be another tangent. But yeah, so the. Uh, Triple threat matches, which led on from the top. Uh, one starts immediately with AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Rey Mysterio joining in for this TNA triple threat match. So, uh, yeah, this what, a, this was... what a cool SmackDown episode. <laughs> that, was the, that was the other point that some people were making. Like, My God, all these threat matches that I could have seen on SmackDown three weeks ago. <laughs> it's incredible. <coughs> but yeah, so the... Uh, yeah, I've got it in TNA match because it was Ado Salsamojo who have incredible chemistry and Rey Mysterio who can slot in with anyone. <laughs> so I kind of know who's there. Uh, really fun match. Uh, great way to open after, what, 25 minutes of talking. <laughs> Finally got around to the first match. Uh, for me, this is where the show tries to at least get you back into it. <laughs> and we kicked it up a notch with a, a really fast-paced uh, three-way match. Right winner in your guys' eyes? Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, sure. Why not? Everyone wants to see AJ versus Seth. It's a dream match. And, you know, somebody reposting that thing from 13 years ago where AJ wrestled, I think, Tyler Black, right? And said, this kid is the future of wrestling. And then 13 years later, they're going to wrestle each other for the championship. Very amazing little uh, full circle turn there. Um, There are a lot of deserving winners in this six man, probably like six people. So there's not really a wrong answer so much as AJ is probably the best guy to just give you a five-star match right off the bat. And Seth needs that, right? Because his WrestleMania match was fine, but weird. And he hasn't really beaten anyone in an epic match in what feels like a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, so give him AJ Styles. Let those two work 25 minutes and put on a WrestleMania caliber match in his first pay-per-view as champion. Yeah, because the interesting thing that I'm looking at this Raw card is it's the first time Seth has really had to properly carry Raw. Like, even beforehand, it was, well, are people going to return and he wasn't champion? Now, like, he is the top of Raw. He is carrying the show. He's the top guy. And I've made my prediction of AJ turning heel, but I don't think they're ever going to book Anderson and Gallows. That was my caveat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the issue, they can't do that if they don't actually book Anderson and Gallows. We've also already seen that. Yeah, and it's rare for WWE to actually do face versus face. They just don't do it, so it's a nice change of pace mm-hmm. for them to actually go ahead with that. And even if, a great while. Yeah, and even if that means that Burn, Burn's favourite, big, big, big banter Corbs, <laughs> doesn't get his moment. We'll, we'll get to him in a little bit. People, oh my God, are just losing their minds over Corbin. This is the role I like him. We'll get to it later, but yeah, this is, I like him in this role. We should. This is the role he should be in. He's not the main event guy, but he's you know upper mid card. I like him in this kind of spot. But anyway, yeah, AJ Styles won with the. He's, I can't remember what happened. What made Samoa Joe lying down? Uh, Styles clash onto Ray onto Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah. Samoa Joe was lying down for some reason. <laughs> AJ Styles did it. <laughs> yeah, this this is imp. Slightly out of it, trying to remember things. Tomorrow Joe was lying down, and AJ Styles hit Styles Clash. It was a cool spot. <laughs> they got that. Uh, Naomi versus Billy Kay. Uh, I, well, actually, the Iconics, their point of contention. I love the Iconics. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're brilliant. 
their mic work annoys other people, but I think they're both hilarious. <laughs> if you made a list of like indie darlings, top to bottom, they'd be in the top five for sure. <laughs> by indie dar- darlings, I mean like you know wrestling internet smarks. Oh, bye. <laughs> people who write columns on Lords of Pain, like they're top five for sure. <laughs> like loads of people really don't like these two. Like they because uh, understand the guess with the accents and the way that they're being irritating on purpose. That some people <laughs> that might drive people too far the other way. <laughs> like you're irritating me. It's like well, yeah, they're trying to do that. <laughs> I really it. like their character work, but I just don't think they're good enough in the ring. Is the problem? Like neither of them are particularly good athletes. <laughs> A lot of their strikes look kind of weak, but their character work is spectacular. I love to watch their promos and their backstage stuff, especially mm. phenomenal. Like um, someone was making the point of uh, like the amount of times Billy Kay says, "Are you kidding me?" Season. Oh, <laughs> Someone's made a, a video on Twitter of just every single time she does it. It's like, why is there not a T-shirt of this? Maybe <laughs> 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 got a catchphrase. It's brilliant. Uh, it's an ultimate gift as well. You just post it whenever WWE does something weird. <laughs> what are you doing? So this uh, match got cut from Hulu, so I didn't see it, but not that I uh, missed anything. Billy no. Kay don't really care. Naomi don't really care. Just establishing Naomi as a fourth in division, I guess, because the division feels really random, so it makes sense to at least try and establish a hierarchy. I mean, you <laughs> traded Bailey off, and Sasha is apparently at home. So what is yeah. your division at this point? <laughs> yeah. Hence, oh yeah, we're going to have to have people win to let everyone know what on earth is going on here. Lacey <laughs> Evans, who's been doing a one-person runway show for the last three months, is now the number one <laughs> contender. You need a division. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're slowly building up Alexa Bliss, but yeah, that's going to take time <laughs> to make her... They can make her feel like a top uh, person in that division. It's just going to take time, because the injuries, obviously, it takes time to get back in. I'm going to stop saying the word time and move over to The Miz, Drew McIntyre, and Big Banter Corbin. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> Drew McIntyre loses another big match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, poor, poor Scottish lad, Clive. <laughs> oh, it, it breaks my tartan heart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Byrne got the happiness out of this one with his man winning. Yeah. <laughs> People hate Baron Corbin. It's so funny because that's exactly what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. He is a phenomenal heel. He draws so much heat when he comes out. He's totally fine in the ring. People were gifting his little, like, slide out of the ring, and he slipped, whatever, not a huge deal. It's not like, you know, Candice LeRae fucking up her lion salt, mm. almost killing herself. She you nailed know, that she... this week. Oh, it was <laughs> phenomenal this week. She got some air on that thing. But, but Corbin slipping, whatever, not a big deal. He draws heat. He is a natural heat magnet. People fucking hate him. He is great in that role. And right, he may never be a top champion. That's fine. He'd be great as even a mid-card heel that like cheats and steals his way out of every every loss. He'd be phenomenal in that role too. I don't know if I would have given him the win here, but I appreciate it. Thank you guys. <laughs> I would have given it to Drew, and I honestly, if I were booking this entire show, I probably would have just had Drew win. But I guess you don't want him to immediately lose to Seth for the title, right? So you're just going to mm. keep instead having him lose matches in weird ways, which <laughs> makes him just as weak. Just yeah. not giving him a title match. Yeah, it was kind of, um, you're not going to have McIntyre ultimately win, so it's where do you have McIntyre lose and on what kind of stage? Because at least he didn't lose one-on-one, I guess. Because well, yeah. he, he, well, he, did, he did have the Miz down and out after he hit the Claymore, and he was going to win until cheeky Corbin comes along and steals the win. So good. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is actually the, the, the upside-down version of Kari Sane and Io Shirai. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that well, took a second to kick in, but you guys got it. Yes. I was like, oh, yes, we covered that last week, but... <laughs> Uh, but yes, I uh, I liked for me that this triple threat match felt a bit better than the last one because at least it established three guys quite well into roles going forward. Where Drew McIntyre is going to be pissed at Corbin, the Miz, obviously he's like, oh, I'm going to have to fight better in his way. Still angry at Shane McMahon, not really concentrating. Like he's going to have to concentrate to beat either of these guys. Corbin's going to be a cheeky bastard. Trying to get him that way. And the uh, thing is, Corbin Corbin can get his ass kicked like every other week. He'll still get booed a ton, and he'll still give that, that rub to the person who beats him. That's the great thing about him as a heel. Some heels, they never lose, or they lose in ways that doesn't really help anyone. Corbin will get his ass beat by McIntyre at some point. McIntyre will get a rub for that, and Corbin will be just fine. Yeah, I think that's the, it's the thing where when he was on top as the top heel, that was difficult television to get through. <laughs> However, long term, that's probably going to help him out because he doesn't. He's had that massive build, so now there's a lot of time where he can try to like suck a bit out. Oh, the way of doing that phrase, <laughs> but so you can you can bleed that out a bit and uh, take the build that came from that and just have him lose a few times and it won't matter just because he was built so strongly in that period of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't ever the champ or anything either. Like he was built really strongly when he was the general manager, acting general manager, whatever. So most of the time when people were like, oh, I hate him, because he was just doing eight-minute promos, and then McIntyre and Lashley would show up and beat someone up. That's why people hated Corbin. Now Corbin's doing a completely different thing where he's a one-on-one wrestler who's just really irritating. Totally yeah. different build. Yeah, and it works. <laughs> it works in his good role. I really like it. That's right. Like, we're going to convert everyone to Corbin fans. Right, <laughs> <laughs> like, next up. The thing with, I don't think we need any conversion for this one. The Sami Zayn promos. <laughs> I don't know if you care about him, but, you know, lots of people love him. So I, I really like the way that these promos are going. It feels like he's got freedom in terms of how these ones are written. Where That's been one of the pet peeves from fans. is they, The promos feel so scripted it hurts. Like we're being constantly reminded that this show is scripted. It's like, oh, I... I mean, I like to try and get invested, but when it feels like I'm watching a kid repeat lines, it's just like, ugh, I'm being pulled out of this. <laughs> I really struggle. Uh, like, I don't need to see a five-minute Apollo Crews promo. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I'm fine with five minutes of Apollo Crews backflip. <laughs> He's good at those. <laughs> but yeah, so Sami Zayn, for me, has been absolutely killing it. I really like the honesty with the crowd. Just the... Uh, it, I said last week that it reminded me of Kevin Owens back in NXT where he'd uh, just question full sales reactions. I feel like Sami Zayn's doing something similar here where the crowd will react to something and it's in between that and uh, Daniel Bryan's like, fickle chance kind of. And I really like how they're building off of that. But again, it's one of those things where how long do you do this? Where on earth does it go? And what is Sami's actual game with doing all this? Because that's the only issue I have with like, the WWE at the moment is I'm used to Vince getting bored of something after two months. <laughs> I'm also used to things starting off interestingly, and then you realise there was never really any long-term direction. They thought, let's just do this. This will be cool. <laughs> and also, amazing. if Vince didn't create it, Vince is significantly less invested in it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he'll kill things that are popular because he didn't come up with them. So, <laughs> who knows what his investment level is in this. <laughs> I think uh, it's a little weird still, just because he comes out and talks about the fans being toxic and he was so glad to be away. And so many people have made those same points. 
And at the same time, like, he hasn't given me personally a good enough explanation as to how the fans are toxic. He says it 50 different ways, and he delivers it perfectly. But these fans have been behind him since day one. Even when he was a heel, they cheered him when he'd come out. So what do you mean that they're toxic? Please give me some better examples. That's all I want. Hmm. Uh, Clive, what do you think of the 17 return so far? It has been used before by other wrestlers, but I feel as if what he's doing just now, it's needed more than ever because people are becoming louder on social media, more vitriolic with their opinions, and it just feels very apt for the current climate. And I can see where, why you would need more reasons for what he's doing. I remember listening to Sami Zayn on Jericho's podcast a few months ago, and he was mentioning that he just he doesn't like social media. He's enjoyed getting away from it all, all the toxicity. So I think it comes from a real place, and it does feel as if it's Sammy's voice that's saying these things every, every Monday. So from a personal viewpoint, where I see all these massive overreactions on Twitter over the likes of Bray Wyatt, Baron Corbin, what he's saying, is like, I feel like saying Sammy Zane says hi to whoever's moaning about something on Twitter. So from a personal viewpoint, it's quite comforting to know that there's someone on my side. <laughs> That's great, though. What you just explained is great. You know, if he would come out and say, you know, everyone has a Twitter account nowadays and wrestlers get so much hate and vitriol and uh, everything we do is criticized under a microscope and we're out here trying to entertain you and you start blowing up beach balls and throwing them around and doing the wave and chanting to yourselves like that would be phenomenal. That's a great criticism of the crowd because it's honest and it's true. And, you know, it's something all of us have seen. But, you know, he's just a little too vague about it for my taste. Mm-hmm. But you're, you know, reading between the lines and getting more out of it than I am. I think he hinted at it in the first time he said it, when he returned, talking about everyone at the back working their asses off. Um, but it's not been mentioned much since then. He's more homing in on getting heat for attacking the, the crowd that he's in, the town. <laughs> it's not quite Dean Ambrose levels yet. But yeah, if he if he zones in on it more and more, there's a fear that could happen. However, also, this... you're right. At some point, he has to do something with it, right? Yeah. He can't just come out and complain, mm-hmm. complain about mm-hmm. the crowd over and over. He has to actually have a goal in mind. Are you trying to fix yeah. the crowd? Are you just a heel now that's going for championships? What is your character other than I complain a lot? Mm. And that's the part WWE. I often, <laughs> when they have to go to that bit, that's when it falls apart because they didn't think what was actually going to come next. It was just yes, get heat from the crowd. That'd be great. However, we did get the uh, return of the Bo Dallas in NXT gimmick where he comes back from his travels and shows you all of his pictures. <laughs> it's like, oh, these pictures are great. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it whenever that happens. <laughs> it's like, not, it'll be difficult to beat when Bo Dallas did it because he was genuinely excited to show the NXT crowd the pictures. <laughs> Still, that, that Bo Dallas in NXT at that point, um, he's just amazing. <laughs> I loved him at that point. But yeah, Sami Zayn, yeah, it's just like, this is amazing, you guys suck, was technically the message behind that. So again, it wasn't really new what he was doing, but the way he was doing it really, really worked. Uh, I kind of feel like that is where we're at at the moment, and it's going forward, what is actually going to happen next? I'm, assu- I'm expecting normal WWE to resume, essentially. Yep. <laughs> the, the Vince two-month period that I was just talking about, <laughs> where... This could be great for two months, and then you realize, oh, there's no idea for this to go forward. Ah, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, the question is, how high up on the card of a heel were they planning for Sammy to be? Because at one point, 
the heels on the big heels on Raw was basically just Drew McIntyre. But now mm. they moved Samoa Joe over, and now you have your top two heels set up. So is Sammy going to be the top mid-card heel? Is he going to move into that upper card? What's what's the plan for him in the hierarchy? Mm. It feels like a big deal, but that's just because he's getting character time, and that's such a rare thing in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> right, so I'm going to move on to a Clive special. Cedric Alexander's Monday Night Raw debut where he gets beaten by Cesaro, who is part one of the shake-up clean-up. <laughs> the shake-up, shake-up, shake-up. Yeah. <laughs> Supplemental draft, yeah. <laughs> or like like you said, shake-up in a cave. <laughs> so, shake-up, shake-up. so is Seamus just recovering from injuries? Is Seamus going to retire here? What's going on if Cesaro's going solo? Not a clue. So I've seen that Seamus has apparently uh, suffered a concussion. Right. So it, he's going to be recovering from that for however long it takes. Of course, he's got his pre-existing injury, which mm-hmm. he's been wrestling through, which is what Tommaso Ciampa is out covering with as well. So it is a serious thing. He's been he's kind of worked through and been able to wrestle with as well. And Tommaso Ciampa is using Sheamus as kind of like a drive to get forward because he's the example of it can work. But yeah, so when he's already got a really big issue and then he gets a concussion as well, it might be might mean more to someone like him than it might do somebody else. Because mm-hmm. yeah. So Seamus, we don't know how long he'll be out for, but yeah, the injury reports say concussion. So however long that takes. But it is odd that they split them, if they have split them. <laughs> hey, if we're getting a Cesaro solo push, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's if it is going to be a push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still too early. <laughs> I mean, if you beat someone who just debuted on, on Raw, and you beat them, like that's a kind of an uncommon thing. So mm. maybe get a push. On the other hand, this got cut from Hulu. So maybe oh, it's like. not. <laughs> So the comment I saw, which Clive will be able to kind of elaborate on, was that what happened here kind of continues on from Cedric, how Cedric Alexander was doing in Toro 5 Live, and it carries on with his struggles as well, from what I've seen. Uh-huh. Since he lost the title to Murphy at a Super Showdown, he has had confidence issues, and with the kayfabe hat on, it just looks like he's still struggling to find that confidence that he had back in autumn fall time but with the kayfabe hat off I've not made it a secret that I'm not a huge fan of Cedric Alexander I just it came to a point where I felt as if I was watching the same match every time on 205 Live when he was on it so he's got a new a different audience now it might work for him going forward um, it does have a very dynamic arsenal and it can be exciting and there's a lot more different people to wrestle against, so it might work out for him. I'm, I'm not disappointed that he lost his first match, though, because it is Cesaro, and we all like Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to get just a little backstage, right, there are different agents for every show, even between 205 Live and mm-hmm. Raw. Does 205 Live film after Raw or SmackDown? Or before? SmackDown. Okay, so he has completely different road agents, so completely different people building the matches. That's so. true, that's true. Maybe maybe we will actually see some different Cedric Alexander matches. I haven't seen him since basically the Cruiserweight Classic, so excited to see what he can do. I just remember, what was it, the lumbar check? Is that his finisher? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that thing's insane. Excited for that. Yeah, so the the big thing for me is uh, at 205 Live has this thing called continuity. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> it exists. You've probably been missing it, Burn, only watching main roster <laughs> stuff, really. And NXT? I have NXT. Okay, they have it in NXT, yeah. Although Gargano Ciampa has kind of blown away the continuity. Yeah, yeah that's out of their hands. That's not really... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. But yeah, I got so... injured. We're friends again. 
So the only thing that I feel like Cedric Alexander definitely had going for him was at least in 205 Live, he had a character continuity, what Clive was talking about. You got to see his struggles and how he's struggling to overcome them. And on the main roster, I don't know if this was a way of establishing that for the main roster viewers, because of course Burn had no idea about that, but immediately he's got a struggle to overcome. So it's just like setting it for everyone else. The struggle of getting on the show. Yeah. Oh, like that's Eric Young's current position. <laughs> like, good oh. luck, Eric. <laughs> oh. uh, Forgotten Sons number four. <laughs> you don't even have to change his gear. <laughs> and he's got a beard and everything. <laughs> I think he might, he might shave it off. <laughs> that's kind of a sign that I've not seen you enough on television where I've got no idea if you still have your beard or not. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yes, good luck to Cedric Alexander. You, you might struggle to get on the card. He's one of those guys that might get a little push for a little bit if they don't have a plan for him, and then it might just fall by the wayside, which, is, which was the fear for the Cruiserweight wrestlers anyway. So that's why that's the good part about 205 Live, is that those wrestlers that aren't really cared about why Vince can jump over to there and just get character work and build upon themselves, and then you've got a Buddy Murphy. So, <laughs> honestly. Right, speaking of going somewhere to, and getting character changes, the Viking Raiders, as they're now known. <laughs> so, uh, no, maybe not. Yeah, because it might be changed again. <laughs> this is great. To the Viking Warriors, right? Is that the... I've, I've seen rumours. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Uh, so, um, Rich Latter of One Nation Radio went to an NXT show. I can't remember which one. But uh, they apparently War Machine's music hit and everybody popped. And then they announced them as the Viking Experience, and it was boom. Just <laughs> <laughs> having none of it. That's great. I like how the one Raw tag team match after their rebuilt Raw tag team division, their one match tonight involves mm. Lucha fucking house party. <laughs> it's just to make you go, oh yeah, 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 they're there, aren't they? <laughs> not the tag team champions, not the Usos, not uh, the Revival. We got Viking Raiders, yay, and Lucha House Party. Cool. <laughs> like, the Usos got a promo later on. Don't know if that's cut from Hulu. But they, they It was great. That was really fun. Yeah. That, 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 that's what they did on SmackDown that, quite that's often. That's probably going to be a seven-minute squash match on a <laughs> pre-show. <laughs> but, yeah, so the Viking Raiders, uh, they're... I don't know how... I don't know what to think because it's WWE, and they seem to say, oh, no, we're taking tag team wrestling serious now and do that for, like, one month before booking it to crap again. <laughs> so out of this match, we're going with WWE booking, it's not long till the Lucha House Party are the champions. Oh. <laughs> it's just, uh, but to be fair, we've got the joke champions now, so we do a serious one a little bit later. Uh, and true. So, uh, so, Clive, the Viking Raiders, do you... I don't know whether to call them Viking Raiders. It's going to change next week. You can't even call them Hanson and Rowe anymore. No, it's what, Eric and Ivar, Ivor. <laughs> Corey Graves had like three different pronunciations last week. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. But Clive, do you think that they are going to be built up to be contenders like pretty quickly for the tag team division in that kind of taking it seriously for a month before crapping on it again? kind of sense or do you see this as a slow build making them seem really dominant before then pushing them up I hope they get pushed either way Mm. Uh, I didn't see much of them outside of NXT and I did fall in love with them especially in the 
the War Games match in oh, November. Yeah. Uh, so they're a firm favourite of mine now, and I would like them to see, like would like to see them do well. But you do have the the face tag team just now, so it might be a, unless I don't know if they're being booked as heels. Has that been cemented clearly yet? <laughs> it's not been cemented. They wrestled faces. The kind of the crowd don't know how to react to them yet because mm-hmm. they're just these new folks. So okay. I do, either way, as long as they're prominent and they can get to show their skills, because a lot there is a lot of bad feeling towards the tag team division, but they do have a lot of tag team matches on almost every week. So there is that. With, the, with this new name, the Viking Raiders, to me that sounds as if they raid Viking territories, <laughs> which confuses me more than the Viking experience. I've come to raid your village. I mean, the Viking experience sounds like they're Viking cosplayers, which is real bad. Well, look, did you hear uh, Michael Cole called one of their moves the Viking experience? Yes. He shouted it <laughs> mid-match. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're desperate for that to be a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, I don't like it. But even the results of all the pain, is just, they hit the Viking experience finisher. It's like, no, that's not what it's called. <laughs> Speaking of raw tag teams, what happened to the Poets of Pain? They were uh, champs, right? They disappeared. Yeah. So they were champs, then their manager pissed himself, then he, <laughs> then he pissed on a robe, and that was their legacy, and one of them got injured. <laughs> so, okay, great so it's an injury thing. I'm yeah. never a big fan of them, but it's really weird that they were champs and they were being booked really dominantly. And then they had the stupid pissing contest, and then they just yeah. disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know we fucked up. We're going to go away for a while. <laughs> it worked in, it's like Sami Zayn last year. Him getting injured ended his feud with Bobby Lashley. So it's like, oh, like, it kind of saved him. <laughs> like, that's, really well-timed injury. That's the kind of thing where I think that writer just needs to be fired on the spot. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like just firing people out of the blue, but like whoever whoever wrote down on paper and then he gets choke slammed up a up a wall and pees himself, that guy needs to go. <laughs> I mean that sounds like a Vince thing to be fair. Okay. Uh, point still stands. <laughs> yeah. If I don't feel I'm I feel like I'm I feel more really adult when I watch WWE sometimes and I just like this is too childish for me. But like, even I <laughs> am not finding this body humor funny. <laughs> this is below me and I'm really childish. <laughs> <That's something. laughs> well, there's a difference between like New Day, you know, scarfing pancakes in five minutes unrealistically yeah. <laughs> and doing hip gyrations, right? There's a difference between that and like a grown man peeing himself surrounded by other giants. Come on. I- I gyrate with them whilst drinking out of my New Day mug. Please <laughs> never say that again. <laughs> oh, right, let's move on. Go, <laughs> Burn, do you want to rip apart Becky Lynch versus Alicia Fox? It was not good. <laughs> it's really unfortunate. I'm a really big Becky fan. She's usually very, very good in the ring, but for some reason, she and Foxy did not work well together. Uh, I, I appreciate giving Foxy, you know, an eight-minute, ten-minute match. So it's cool. She doesn't get a lot of those, and she's been around a long time. But that match was bad. Like, uh, Clive, ever since the story of um, Alicia Fox wrestling drunk, does her like dancey <laughs> intro, uh, dancey entrance have like a different rhythm now when you watch it? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, more of a, it's more wobblier, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. Would it be inappropriate of me to say that maybe Alicia? Was a wee bit tipsy before that match. <laughs> it feels like, oh, that's why she's doing that. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crazy auntie at the wedding, Dan. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I watched a Vanessa Bourne Aaliyah match, and somehow Alicia Fox was still the worst women's wrestler of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Bern Lipton's there every week, and I'm just like, oh, this is going to be nicely. But yeah, not great from Alicia Fox, but. Uh, yeah, the drinking thing for me accidentally has added depth to her character. <laughs> it's like, it's like Shinsuke turning heel made everything made se- make sense with Alicia Fox, her being revealed as someone who's having a drinking problem. It's like, oh, it suddenly it all makes sense. It's a really in-depth character. It doesn't even understand what was going on. Oh, that's deep-rooted there. <laughs> and then after the match, Lacey Evans shows up and sneak yeah. punches Becky because as soon as you become popular or a face or a champion, you become a fucking idiot. And you don't know how sneak attacks work anymore. Yep. So. Even though, even though she was doing sneak attacks herself a few weeks, uh, a few months ago. Yup. <laughs> like, yep. Now she's a babe, clean baby face. Doesn't know how to do it. So stupid. <laughs> right. So, do you want to? Uh, there's a Baron Corbin interview, but this is the only opportunity Ben's got left before his big match to run on about Baron Corbin's <laughs> greatness. <laughs> Baron Corbin's great. And by great, I mean he's good in his role, and his role's very important. So, stop hitting on him. <laughs> I was going to skip that, but I thought I'd give a little bit of a pause, because right next, it's Robert Roode and his mustache. I, I do love how much he, he hates Charlie Caruso, though. Oh. <laughs> he goes after her so hard. It's so funny. <laughs> so, when I said, that, said the name, Clive let out a, ooh, for Robert Roode. It got cut out of Hulu, and I am so mad. Oh, really? I saw the pictures on Twitter. I'm like, that's a fucking mustache. <laughs> also, where did that come from? Wasn't he clean shaven like two weeks ago? <laughs> that is a man right there. Can grow a mustache with that face. <laughs> did you see what I sent you uh, on email? Yeah. So, yeah, someone so was like, your mom's favorite wrestler. <laughs> was like, someone did like a, a sentence with it, like pretending he was just saying like. Um, I don't expect you to call me father so quickly, but being your mother, I think you're taking things a bit more seriously. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, my God. If we can get heel Bobby Roode in the upper card, I'm just going to be so happy. Which is crazy, because two years ago when he was wrestling in TNA, I'm like, okay, he's a random Triple H wannabe on TNA. But once he got to NXT, just one of my favorite wrestlers on there. He is spectacular. So when I first started watching TNA, he was called Robert Roode. <laughs> and he was, he was essentially doing his NXT gimmick, where he's this rich person who has a valet with him as well. He's doing the whole rogue type of thing. And, yeah, so he was kind of doing it in that way. But this Robert Rude is very different. So what was your, <laughs> so Clive, what was your like, immediate impression of this? The word epic is thrown about too much these days, but, my God, that is <laughs> epic. That is... Like, that's true in the scenery, beyond belief. That was. <laughs> I think uh, I think I'm attracted to him, to be honest. <laughs> oh my god! The other thing I said uh, I said imp was uh, someone calling him Mustache Mountain. That's <laughs> <laughs> the mountain. Uh, that's an I N at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, get, uh, I didn't get to see the match I think it's crazy that Ricochet lost After you know his monster push and being such a big deal For a month and then now he's going to be back in the mid card And be the flippy guy Sucks for him Robert Roode welcome to the stage Thank god you are awesome I will say the one thing with the match is You were talking about agents earlier Is like the agent didn't quite know how to book Robert Roode uh, To wrestle as a heel In a compelling way So 
he had Ricochet doing his stuff, and then Robert Roode was very headlocky. I think that'll be my only criticism was Ricochet kind of felt like he had the upper hand, and then Roode came back with a quick win. So it didn't feel like Roode earned the victory particularly. But because again, a lot of his offense was the headlock that goes magma. Which, to be fair, that's what Baron Corbin did for a really long stretch. <laughs> it was just claw on shoulder. It goes magma. Nobody moves. <laughs> so. I, have, I have one more question relating mm. to Robert Roode. What's Valvinus up to these days? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's a match I needed to see, but that's a match I need to see. I think he showed up in like TNA is in under a normal name. <laughs> last time I saw him. <laughs> that's that's a proof your career is just going sky high when that happens. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you're not even a gimmick name anymore. You just Jim. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like oof. <laughs> and on to the main event, even though we kind of covered it a little bit already. Yeah, so AJ Styles, Baron Corbin. This was yeah, this was a mini showcase of Styles on Raw. Uh, Baron Corbin doing his established role, pretty much. And AJ Styles is the new guy uh, opposite him. So Baron Corbin is standing his ground. Like, no, I'm going to be the main event guy now that everyone, this, these other people are pissed off. But AJ Styles is the new, I guess, underdog. Or no, it's the bulldog. That was his kind of thing. Like, he's immediately making his... Making his yard. I don't know where I'm going with this. Wow. <laughs> yes, AJ Styles has stamped his area. <laughs> oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> I'm mixed. I'm stamped his letters. I don't know what it's stamped. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> wow. AJ Styles has made his mark. There you go. He's made face. an impact. Yes, he's made an impact. <laughs> oh, nice. Yes. I've made an impact. I didn't even realize the pun. Ah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, as I said earlier, this is. Uh, I didn't think they jumped to AJ Styles Seth Rollins so quickly, given that it's like the money dream feud. I thought they might try and aim that for SummerSlam, maybe. However, this is it's kind of like Roman Reigns AJ Styles from a few years ago, mm-hmm. where it's like this is the money match, which is lots of people are quite excited to see AJ Styles in the main event role against the champion. It feels a lot like that, and you're going to establish Raw as an exciting fantasy like immediately. As long as you don't do AJ Styles and Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre tag matches all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so as, long, yeah, as long as they don't just tag out Roman and tag in AJ Styles and they do mix it up. Because they don't do faces as face often. But it should be quite exciting. And the matches themselves, I'm fingers crossed because we know what happened to Styles versus Nakamura. It's just like, <laughs> why you have... Seen. <laughs> oh yeah, Seth versus Dean was yeah like why are you doing it like that? Styles versus Nakamura was why you got them kicking each other in the dick. It's Styles AJ and Nakamura. Joe, AJ versus anyone. Yeah, this is the one to break the mold. <laughs> Just <laughs> let them go out and put out put on a great wrestling match, and that can be the story for those two. You've got the other people to do the bull crap. Baron Corbin, he can do the bullshit booking stuff. <laughs> it fits his character, but Styles and Rollins just have them go out and see who is the best wrestler, because that's what the fans want to see. So that's and, the question with this match, right, is that mm. it's being booked a month after WrestleMania. Seth yeah. just won the championship. He's the beast slayer. Literally 0% chance that he will lose this match, but you can't have him just smash AJ Styles. So what's going to happen here? What's the point? I'm not complaining. I'm just yeah. wondering how they get out of that. Is it going to be, you know, Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre jump him? Is there going to be smoke and then a creepy lantern and AJ gets distracted? What's What's going to happen? <laughs> Uh, for me, there's a few things at play. One, Fox are talking about wanting more serious wrestling, so I don't know if that'll drip over into Monday Night Raw as well for the 
a pod that is more homogenized, kind of together. And there's the other thing of them saying they're going to give the fans what they want. Of course, <laughs> we've already talked about the 15, 20-minute man opening promo. So like, that's not what we want. <laughs> but maybe they could do it like this, where it's like the Raw becomes a bit more of the fun brand like that, whilst they put a bigger focus on SmackDown because of the Fox thing. So, yeah, it depends, depends on how they're wanting to reshift the brands on the show. Does Raw become more of the, like the internet-y, smarky choice <laughs> over time, and this is the kind of match we're going to be getting, or yeah, as we're saying, we expect just bollocks booking. <laughs> so something's going to happen. <laughs> just uh, not so we don't get just these two going out there seeing best wrestler. Something happens to try and prolong it, <laughs> to keep it going, or to not give us the conclusion. Something. Or maybe Seth just gets the win and gets the big rub, and they shake hands at the end, mm-hmm. and they go their separate ways. And six months from now, we get the rematch. Yeah, I think that's what. <laughs> that's what you get like in any other promotion <laughs> it's just in WWE <laughs> they try they kind of overthink it quite often AJ versus Corbin was a really good match you know Corbin's one of the most mobile big men right he's not huge and stocky he's quick and he can run around even though he's like 6'4 and 280 pounds or whatever so uh, he can put on a really good match with AJ he had a really good match so all these Corbin haters and everyone's like oh Raw dropped in the third hour what a shocker with Corbin it's like motherfuckers Raw always drops in the third hour. What do you want? <laughs> you had Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch out there for a month and a half, and it dropped every time. Like, even recorded, where I'm winding through half of it, the first, like, hour, kind of hour and a half goes by really easily, and I'm having a great time. And then the last, like, 30 minutes is like, this show should have already ended. <laughs> <laughs> I fatigue every week. <laughs> that's, the, that's why I don't want SmackDown to go to three hours. It's two hours is, like, the sweet spot for me. One hour can work. NXT proves I want, and two of my five prove I want that can work. It, it also that. doesn't help when there's, like, eight minutes left and the main event match hasn't started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just kills your interest in the match because you know nothing's going to happen except nonsense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, so that is Monday Night Raw. We're going to take a quick ad break, then when we return, we're going to talk about SmackDown and maybe try and fit in NXT before Bernard leaves. So, we'll be back in about five seconds or so. I bought on your mouth, it clicks really loudly. You might be hearing it from now on. (laughs) But I can customise the colour it glows, so it's a good (laughs) trade-off. I'm happy with that. Right, SmackDown Live, or Shane McMahon Live. So the Shane McMahon Show. <laughs> Shane McMahon. I, was, I made a joke like a couple of years ago when Jinder Mahal was champion that they were going to go with Shane McMahon as the top babyface of SmackDown versus Jinder Mahal when he was the last Survivor in the Survivor Series match for SmackDown. Oh. <laughs> All of that nonsense. Uh, but I, I wasn't too far off because he's now opening the show <laughs> in this, this really... I don't understand why what they're doing, Manor. So I, ma- I maintain my point that Stephanie's trying to kill Shane, metaphorically <laughs> and literally. <laughs> so the question I was going to ask uh, Clive is, do you think the idea of having Reigns go up against the McMahon family is going to work, or is it going to feel a bit too forced, which is what the issue with Reigns getting booed in the first place? Are we just going to end up where we were before all of the uh, goodwill given to Reigns like again <laughs> with this kind of story that we're going with probably, it will probably be that one where it's just it will be hammered into the ground he'll face adversity something Elias will probably pick up the win or something at Money in the Bank 
I can hear the dread over the seas. I would do. I would much rather. I think it's because I had told myself that I wanted much more Buddy Murphy to be Vince's attack dog in this segment this week. And I know Elias was already the makings were already there, but I thought Buddy Murphy as the no no promo guy just comes in, does whatever Vince wants him to, and gives us a good match with Roman Reigns, so I was just disappointed, but that's my own fault for fantasy booking Buddy Murphy strongly against Roman Reigns in the first place. (laughs) That would be really cool, but man, that'd be uh, real bad for Roman, trying to put him up against Buddy Murphy. (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) Buddy would be running circles around that guy. That's Uh, the problem. Uh, Right, uh uh-huh. I Uh, could. Saying bad I was insulting Buddy. Cover. I was insulting Roman. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you could as long you could say to Buddy that Buddy, you're only allowed to hit knee strikes. You can't do any other <laughs> moves. <laughs> Maybe that'll make it a bit more even. On the- I actually kind of like this opening segment. I I love Elias's involvement in it. I love them, uh, uh, the the singing part and challenging mm. Roman, and then Shane Shane with the hilarious like awesome idea, challenging Roman at Money in the Bank. He'll never accept. Shit, let's get in the car real quick. <laughs> we better <Yeah>. escape. <laughs> He'll never escape is just Shane manipulating Elias. It's so funny. And then Roman is backstage is like, I'm going to break his da- jaw, and then he'll never sing to me again. You know, <laughs> he delivered the line backward. It definitely should have been, that guy's never going to sing to me again because I'm going to break his jaw. Way more impact, right? <laughs> but it was a good line. And, you know, Roman only saying three things is great. That's how it should be. No, no 12-minute promos from Roman. Uh, so I, I think that's cool, and it's you know a fresh-ish matchup. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that they did go with the authority thing in the end. I thought, I think I said last week that that wasn't an authority thing. Vince was just kind of in the way. Now it's an authority thing, goddammit. it! But if if, it, if we can finally stop 12-minute Shane best in the world promos, whatever it takes, I'm fine with Roman smashing him if that's what it takes to get rid of that that segment <laughs> of the show. We're trading one evil for a lesser evil. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I, find it, I find it quite interesting with uh, Shane McMahon, yes, he was just saying, like, oh, shit, let's get out of here. And then it later cut to Roman Reigns, was like, he probably didn't need to do that. Roman's just been sat in his room for two hours, looking, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my head. Like, you sure you shouldn't do it? We're going to go to the doctor, Roman. He's like, no, I'm tough. It's fine. <laughs> don't, really think about, don't think about the logistics of the backstage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Elias, the makes his, Elias makes his little song and dance, and then they ride out in the limo, and, like, the camera crew and the interviewer are standing in, Roman's uh, locker room, and they're just standing there, and he's like, can I talk to them? No, 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 wait, they're not done yet. Okay, now they left, now you can go. Don't think about it. Yeah, I think we crossed this line last week. <laughs> it's like, don't, you don't need to picture how the matches actually work, some of them don't make any sense. <laughs> I suppose when you think about the backstage logistics on how to actually do it. <laughs> just, yeah, it's oh. that Max Landis thing, like, it's not a wrestling show, it's a show about a wrestling show. And once you understand that, everything's fine. <laughs> right, so next up we've got kind of the it's more of the NXT thing where you've got setting up things and you've got little VTRs you've got backstage stuff with the, as I said, the Roman Reigns and the Elias thing, you've got the kind of building for Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch Sinsuke versus Nakamura Sinsuke versus Nakamura, Kingston versus Ooh. Nakamura <laughs> and of course uh, Andrade who, uh, shake up, shake up shake up, shake <laughs> up, number three <laughs> Yeah, I need to insert Taylor Swift into one of our intros. 
So, so the question is, did Fox say, hey, we don't have any Hispanic stars over here anymore, you idiots. Why don't you send us Andrade back? Or was it Charlotte complaining that her boyfriend wasn't on SmackDown and Charlotte always gets what she wants? And then, obviously, Zelina gets Alistair Black as well. That's just a win-win right there. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I mean, like, as, soon as, we, as long as we get to see Andrade wrestle, uh, yeah, that, that's my only thing is we don't get to see him so often. Like, I like him. I'd like to see him, please. <laughs> but, I'd like to yeah. see him win a little more. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really nice, please. <laughs> There's a little push. <laughs> I do like how they kind of fixed it, though. This is the thing with WWE where they'll write something bollocks next week and try and fix it, but then they write bollocks again. It's like, we can't keep fixing it. <laughs> but this fix did work with uh, Finn Balor getting drafted to SmackDown after Raw, and then Zelina Vega works her managerial magic. It's like, no, we're coming after the title. It's all because Finn moved doesn't mean that we're going to leave Finn. We're chasing you, Finn. <laughs> I like that. Like, I like how they... I like how they haven't explained how Andrade like shifted shows yet again and how some people have switched without being announced. It's very weird that you had this big shakeup and then like you've kind of just rolled everything back or switched whatever you wanted without telling anyone why or how. It, it annoys me a little bit that Andrade just shifted shows again or they're just changing the Viking experience four times and they don't explain why or how. They just hope you don't want to ask those questions because they're stupid. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so with the shakeup, for, for me it was just that it. I think I wrote it in the column that I posted. It was, it was just the thing that it's never established what people turning up meant, and then people turning up meant different things. <laughs> so you've got I don't know how I meant to react to this because it meant something for this guy, it meant something for something else. Lars Sullivan's on every show. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. They had no idea how to react. This week felt a lot more established and they were kind of trying to clean up the mess they'd made last week and just tidy things up a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I won't hold, yeah, I can't really criticise this week too much when it's last week when they mucked up and this week they're having to fix it all. So just stop, just think about it. <laughs> you don't, I don't, uh, yeah. There's so many little issues which are plaguing WWE. I think that's my main issue right now is it's a lot of the little things that irritate me, but it's lots of little things which slowly add up. Like, Ricochet's sound effect music <laughs> wouldn't irritate me that much if it was the only thing. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's on top of the many. The fact that it, you then hear, what was it, like the lightning, like the... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just like, it's so evidently played over the top as well because I'm watching my earphones on and I can hear that that sound is different to the rest of the theme and it's irritating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they haven't given him a cape and a superhero gimmick yet, so at least there's that. <laughs> don't, don't make them burn. Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens? Want to talk yeah. about Kevin Owens? Yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make Clive talk about Kevin Owens. <laughs> so, Clive, Kevin Owens, what do you think of his... First off, what do you think of his run as Big O? Oh, it was good fun. It's always basically most of what Kevin Owens does, I'm a fan of, and seeing him make a a, a laughing stop with himself is always good fun as well. But heel Kevin Owens is back, and he was for a long time my favourite character in all of WWE, NXT, the whole lot. So to see him back, there was that specific moment where he super kicked Kofi, and his face just went completely vacant. And it reminded me of when he elbow dropped Dean Ambrose through a commentary table and his face just dropped and it was, oh, 
is back. The <laughs> the horrible hate hateful man is back. So maybe it was a bit rushed. I'm not sure if that was the case, but if they're wanting to get a programme on the way up in, uh, very soon, I'm here for it. And to have to get Kevin Owens booed, it's the perfect person to do it against with Kofi, who everyone loves right now as well. So sign me up. I'm all for it. It's probably the best thing going in the whole main roster just now. I'm a little sad that they ended the Kevin Owens Superface run short yeah, because it was really fun. It was. You know, bust out stunners and, you know, teaming up with New Day's Big O. It had a lifespan on it. Like, it, it couldn't work forever, obviously. At some point, people can be like, okay, this is getting really weird, right? But so far, it was really fun. And just face Kevin Owens in general was really fun and new and fresh. We've had this same Kevin Owens, which we all love. Kevin Owens is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> love Kevin Owens. But we've had the same character since NXT, basically, since, like, yeah. his first pay-per-view match at NXT. We've had this exact same character. So I'm a little disappointed that they immediately went back to it, but it was executed really well. You know, uh, it was very much like the Festival of Friendship where it just comes out of nowhere and it breaks your heart just a little bit. So it was really well done. And obviously more Kofi versus Kevin Owens is great, even though Kevin Owens doesn't really have a chance to win the title. Sorry, Kevin. Um, But just getting him back in a prominent position on the card makes me happy. So I'll live with it. I saw the uh, joke on Twitter that uh, this was going to be the original storyline, but with just Big E as the, the, the joke, and then Big E saw that storyline and purposely just like grabbed a pair of scissors and tore his own muscles. Wow. <laughs> it was like, no, I'm saving the new day. Wow. <laughs> and Kevin Owens. Just, Joke's yeah. on you. Kevin Owens blew it up anyway. <laughs> I mean, Xavier sold that that uh, mm. apron powerbomb like Sami Zayn did. Will he be back next week? And that used to end careers, and then it stopped yeah. ending careers. We talked about this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I would like it to end careers, but not end careers, as in put people out for quite a while. Yeah, uh, like the RKOP, right? The punt yeah. put people out for a month, and yeah. then it just started being a finisher, and then it started being a transition move, and now it's not even used. <laughs> I like the idea of Kofi defending the title without the new day, as yes. in it's just Kofi by himself trying to do this. And with Big E out injured, like you only needed one thing like this to kind of turn it into that. So that's kind of awesome to see. And then Xavier Woods can continue on his flights with Jericho, whatever he's doing. <laughs> Just do his video game. <laughs> Don't know if you saw that, Burn. <laughs> uh, no. He happened to be on the same flight as Chris Jericho, and they both looked so happy. <laughs> it was really funny. Also, one of the great things that uh, hasn't been mentioned about Kofi being champion is the fact that he's been in New Day for so long and he was kind of the third wheel and the second wheel and he finally got his push, right? Every storyline is fresh for him. He could make any kind of character change. He could wrestle anyone and it's all fresh because he's been in this tag team forever and he wasn't a prominent member of it or the member. He wasn't the leader of the New Day. So everything's fresh. Everything's new. They could they could make this title run last for a long time and it'd be really exciting because you can just line up so many people against him and none of it feels old. Agreed, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yes, it's, it's interesting going forward. What are they going to do with that storyline? As, as you said, Kevin Kingston feels new and fresh. Kevin Owens, I guess it kind of feels new and fresh, even though it's retreading older ground. It's, it still feels fresh. And it's Kevin Owens. He's good. <laughs> it really helps. It's but, also kind of amazing that SmackDown feels good, feels mm. fresh, feels oh, yeah, new, yeah. not just because of the, the shake-up, but, yeah, adding Finn and Roman's really good without the guy that was champ a month and a half ago. 
Daniel Bryan's just been gone since WrestleMania because of injuries or whatever. He's the best guy in, in the entire company. And he's gone, and SmackDown still feels amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's not just in comparison to the night before. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh. But uh, some little things to kind of go through for the rest of the show. Uh, Paige, as I guess the Japanese translator, I don't really uh, know what her role is. <laughs> but I like all the people involved. I like all the individuals. Uh, it's still yet to see how it's going to work out past that. But it's they're getting Kari Sane over at the moment. I How love, do you like uh, Kari Sane beating half of the tag team champs in two minutes? I'm fine with it because they are getting over Kari Sane to, I guess, be at least at Asuka's badass level. So they kind of, there's not really, there's only one way to do that quickly, and that's like beating champions. And that's the WWE kind of go to thing anyway. Uh, but, Asuka, but smaller. <laughs> yeah, but smaller. And yes, you are a pirate, Kari. Yes. <laughs> She's adorable, but she'll punch your face. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the Iconics promo. I was like, is it Kerry? <laughs> no, her's Kai Ivy. <laughs> yeah, <it> was... <laughs> I mean, no, the actual best part of that promo was she was like, oh, I was dehydrated, but I drank a gallon of water today and I'm good to go. And Billy's like, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's WWE booking of there's only one way to set up a championship match, which is <laughs> it's like you'd like to see different ways every now and then, but this is just the the mid card way that it happens. Like I mean, at all least the they time. didn't do it with Seth. Oh yes, at least they did the triple threat doing the things. But I also saw quite a few people going, if I if you turn on SmackDown and it's triple threat number one contender matches, oh I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> <laughs> but there was one thing I wasn't expecting. Another shake up clean up. Jinder Mahal's on SmackDown now. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> back, back to his home. And we got... It, it, this is such a weird part of the show. We got Jinder Mahal returning. You got Chad Gable returning. And then suddenly Lars Sullivan comes out. Like, Are we doing Jinder Mahal versus Lars Sullivan? <laughs> like, no, this is all a setup for our truth, Lars Sullivan. <laughs> if you want to get Jinder a little bit of heat, Jinder should come out and say that SmackDown is the house that Jinder Mahal built. <laughs> come on, do it. Uh, I, was like, I'm, I was watching this segment like just like this is really weird because they're using this to get over R-Truth versus Lars Sullivan it's <laughs> just like why <laughs> yeah way to squash Chad Gable dicks everyone mm. was so excited well I bought it up with Burn last week Clive what do you think about Chad Gable just going to 205 Live I would love it I mean I know it doesn't have as many viewers but I watch it every week and if it meant I got to see a Chad Gable 10-15 minute match every week then I would be Quite the happy little mark, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, other than the one ten-minute match he's had in the last six months, where he basically exactly. had to wrestle himself. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be the ultimatum I'd give him. Like, do you want to be on the main roster, or do you want to wrestle? <laughs> and if he could also grow out a glorious mustache. Oh, no, that'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Someone made that that comment on Twitter where he should have come out with the monster mustache the same week that Bobby Roode did. <laughs> He comes across as the kind of guy that maybe can't grow a mustache. I'm not sure if you, Bum, if you know what bum fluff is, but it's basically just <laughs> shitty, patchy <laughs> on your face. <laughs> like, 
did he grow a heel the stubble? I don't remember. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> that that might make it funnier though if he tried to catch up and his was just like the shitty little mustache. <laughs> so uh, Lars Sullivan, ugh, I don't care. He's boring. I don't. I've never been a big fan of getting people over by squashes, but he's not even squashing. He's coming out and attacking random people at random times, and it's just not interesting. His finisher's not exciting. He's just like, it's not even a running power slam. I don't know. I just don't like any of Lars Sullivan. It, it's odd because when he watches matches and he does the diving headfoot, he can be semi-impressive. It's just that his actual finisher isn't that exciting. You know, <laughs> like, we'll go back to Baron Corbin again. At least with Baron Corbin, if you're bored by the rest of his match, his finisher at least grabs your attention. Yeah. It's, it's an exciting finish you can look forward to. Mm-hmm. Lars Sullivan doesn't have that. <laughs> There's no big moves to look forward to, especially when he's not doing his diving headbutt. He's just doing the big slam thing, or the freak accident, as he calls it. But, yeah, I feel like the freak, for the name freak accident, it needs to feel <laughs> a, a bit more deadly and, I guess, loose and out of control in a way. Because that kind of fits his character, whilst this is a very controlled big slam, which doesn't quite fit. It's close to a Braun Strowman babyface move. Right. <laughs> yeah. These, these monsters that come out and jump attack people by surprise, and they do it all in the ring, is such a cognitive disconnect, right? He should be hitting <laughs> yeah. that on the steps, on the chairs, backstage. You want to call it a freak accident? You're like laying them on the on the ground. How nice of you. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, we, just, we have no way to know why Sullivan's doing any of this. And, you know, for, like, a horror movie villain, that's fine. You kind of don't want to know because it ruins the surprise. But, like, you have legit monster heels who have characters. You have Drew McIntyre who has a character. You have Baron Corbin who has a character. You have Braun Strowman who has a character. the fuck is Lars Sullivan? Why does, he, why does he do anything? Nobody knows because they didn't say it on NXT, and they haven't said it in fucking six months since they promoted him. <laughs> Oh, of course, yeah. Underbite is very offensive as well. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I was the guy from my fairly, my fairly, my fairly odd parents, whatever it's called. Oh, like Captain Chin or Mister Chin or something. That rings a bell. <laughs> That's a super UK reference. Yeah. Oh, I suppose American animated show, like my fairy off parents or something like that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there was a superhero uh, with a massive chin. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Should, should we move on to Charlotte versus Becky for the millionth time? So Charlotte versus Becky, however, I feel like this uh, Money in the Bank can be used as the like feud ender for this one because it, it gets it writes off a lot of the things or comments that there will be after the WrestleMania main event where Charlotte wasn't the one pinned, how it's just not like there is there are loose ends to tie up and this match can be used to just tie them. But like, it's so hard to know Becky's never made Charlotte Flair submit in a match. So you can tie that loose end up with this one. And just to move kindly on to the next thing. And this match elevated Bailey as well, which is like really needed and it was a really good match. Uh and the comebacks made sense against Charlotte Flair. <laughs> that was the other thing as well. Yeah, I thought the match was great. I just hated the the very end of it where Bailey's making her comeback and she's beat her up for a couple minutes and then Charlotte hits a spear and wins. It's like cool, thanks Roman. <laughs> we, we, make, we make the joke, but you just pulled a Roman. <laughs> to be fair, on uh, Monday Night Raw, Becky pulled the what I call the Natalia special, where it's su- submission out of nowhere, and he's not done any prior work on it. <laughs> he's just doing sharpshooter. You tap because it's the sharpshooter. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not science. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Becky's kind of fallen victim to, like, it's her special move, it's to disarm her, but she's not done any damage to the arm. The person should be relatively fine. <laughs> Maybe not even that. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, AJ does the same thing with the calf crusher, right? But at least sometimes yeah. he throws some kicks. <laughs> yeah, at least a little bit, yeah. But yeah, I thought this, yeah, so it really worked to elevate Bailey and her, the way that the match was set up made sense as well. And I liked Becky's responses as well. Just with the thing of I am sick of messing Charlotte Flair. Can you please move on <laughs> and give so other great. people? Yeah. <laughs> just the idea that Becky Lynch is wanting to give other people opportunities, but they keep giving her Charlotte Flair. Like, please, I want to move on. I liked that element to it. It, yeah. kind of, it felt really natural and kind of made sense. I want I want Becky to win the Money in the Bank too. Mm. She should carry around the briefcase and the belts. <laughs> She should put the belts in the briefcase. <laughs> there you go. You just have the straps like hanging out of the briefcase so you know they're in there. Love it. <laughs> so there was talk of the of WWE wanting the Money in the Bank winner to like have some gravitas to them. Like they feel like they've kind of mucked up a little bit over the past few years. What, and because they keep having Baron Corbin and Carmella win? Well, yeah. And the, well, <laughs> and outside of Carmella. They stand out. The first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match was won by James Ellsworth. <laughs> James Ellsworth, oh my God. Yeah, Money in the Bank has been a joke for several years at this point. Like, mm. Occasionally someone like Seth wins, but most of the time it's someone who shouldn't win. I don't know. It's just, I think I, I, think I talked about this before where I don't think it's a gimmick that should happen every year. And especially if you're going to do a men's and women's, now you have two Money in the Bank briefcase holders, maybe alternated every year. It's just too much. Mm. However, in terms of the calendar position, I feel like it could work quite well as like the like I guess new season starter in a way. So instead of being in the middle of stuff and kind of in a weird place in the middle of the summer, where it's at the very beginning, it's a little bit different because then you've got your money in the bank briefcase holder established for I guess for the rest of the season arc <laughs> compared to getting it halfway through. Yeah, so, maybe. I think we talked about this before, right? Where maybe. Hmm. The fix is, or maybe they've contemplated, not allowing an immediate cash in, but allowing you to cash in and challenge like the next week. Mm, they've done that in in terms of the honor of the person cashing in. Yeah, like Rob Rob Van Dam did it with the first one, right? Which yeah. made it more exciting. You actually build towards something. That's the thing Ron never does is they never build toward the next week, right? Mm. So you build toward the next week. You say, "I'm cashing in next week. We're gonna have our match." That's more exciting to me than you know someone fake cashing in twelve times in a row. <laughs> or like every time the champ looks injured, the the money the bank holder walks down the ramp and then walks back, right? Like Orton all mm. over and over. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, that's my least favorite thing. The the cash in tease where they make the entrance and go nah, <laughs> nah. Or they they actually hand the belt off or the the briefcase off, but then they get attacked by the champ, and so it doesn't count as a cash in. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Money in the Bank needs some fixing, but it is also one of the most exciting things WWE has introduced in the decade. So mm. it should still exist. It just mm-hmm. At this point, it needs some tweaks because it's a little played out. Yes. So we've already talked about the main event. Do you, you want to talk about the actual match itself? Any comments on it? I was glad to see Shinsuke Nakamura wrestle an important match on the main event. That was cool. <laughs> Uh, Rusev looked fucking dapper. I was going to say, yeah, it's Rusev in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> Rusev in a suit's a great one. Uh, the apron powerbomb was great by KO. The sneak attack made me sad, but at the same time, it is a Kevin Owens special. <laughs> if you trust Kevin Owens, you deserve to get super kicked. <laughs> um, 
their cuts to commentary were a little weird, like the normal commentary and then cutting over to the New Day table was a little weird because it was inconsistent. You know, give give me Kevin Owens and Xavier the entire time or don't give them to me at all. But don't give me like six seconds at a mm-hmm. time, four times. And also yeah. Kevin Owens and Xavier Woods probably better on commentary than whoever is in the booth. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's that, like we were talking about earlier with the Bay Wyatt thing, it's that first step into that new thing, and it's quite exciting. <laughs> like, yeah. But this one's this one a bit better, because it can work short-term anyway. Just If they just have a match of money in the bank, and that's kind of maybe it. It's like, oh, well, it worked, it served its purpose. <laughs> you can move on to the next thing. New Day will be back eventually. But, yeah, the idea of this setting up Kofi wrestling Kevin Owens by himself intrigues me. We are assuming that the uh, pop-up powerbomb onto the apron is once again kind of uh, injury-inducing. <laughs> it just it used to be, and then it did to John Cena, and suddenly, no, it isn't on the move now. <laughs> like, thanks for that, John. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I'm a little worried though. Kevin's going to lose at Money in the Bank. I mean, he's better. It's pretty, yeah, pretty much a given. Drop the belt, <laughs> right? But Kevin Owens already lost a title match a month and a half ago, so you're going to have him lose two title matches in a row. You just turned him heel just brought him back and now you're going to murder his momentum so i mean are there going to be shenanigans daniel bryan going to come out you know he needs something but at the same time if there's that dusty finish right then you i don't know too many dusty finishes is the problem you can't you can't build kofi as a strong champion and then give him a bunch of dusty finishes faces need to win matches yeah right and that's the end of smackdown right burn are you going to join us for nxt quickly after the break uh, I think it's an hour and a half in, so I'll leave it to you guys. Have fun. Right. This is great. Nice to meet you, Clive. Yeah, you too, Tom. Right. So, Clive, after we return from the break, it's time to talk about NXT, the state of the WWE Network, with our kind of uh, monthly address of it, the kind of state of how things are going. We talk about NXT, 205 Live, and maybe NXT UK, if our brains don't turn off because we're both English, live at 2.30 a.m. <laughs> so, uh, we're back in about five seconds or so. I also timed that bit getting to uh, the countdown to do the advert. I timed it perfectly, so I stopped talking when the clock said five seconds. Oh, <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> that felt great. <laughs> right, so I hope it was nice and exciting to the network stuff. However, NXT, the very first match, is Jackson Riker and... Your boy, Humberto Carrillo. I say your boy because he's on 205 Live and Clive's the 205 Live guy. <laughs> so, this is, have you liked Humberto Carrillo on 205 Live with his Drew Gulak storyline? Uh, yes, better than I have enjoyed him in the past. It's taken a long time for me to um, enjoy Carrillo. It just seems he's very high-flying, but it doesn't seem to have much impact, if that makes sense. And, and for someone of his size and his wide frame you would expect more of an impact. And I think we're getting that now. I have enjoyed them more. The Drew Gulak storyline has been a godsend, I think. Not that it was in desperate need, but it's definitely worked to his advantage. Yes, because he came across as that, um, I guess, that young prospect where he had the potential to maybe be something great, but was lacking something. Mm-hmm. So it made sense for them to, kind of, uh, for Gallagher and Drew Gulak to go at him in that manner. Uh, I didn't know how I've worded that right. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, so this was really weird seeing this. And of course, is it next week we're getting Camilo versus Gulak? That was this week. 
Oh, this week? Oh, shit, so we've got the Camilo special this week. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've not had time to watch two or five live. <laughs> that's the, that's one of the, I've watched three shows in one day today. I'm really proud of myself. Mm. <laughs> I say I say watch. I've like, skipped through so much of the ones back down just to do it. <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, this match was... I was expecting nothing from this opening match. However, it turned into the Jackson Riker goes mental. Yeah, <laughs> kind of quite the degree as well. <laughs> so, do you think it worked in the way that he took it to uh, the brawling on the outside, and then he just he destroys the young poor Mexican man, uh, and then two bold lads come out to rescue him? Do you think it kind of worked, creating a chaotic feel? It did. Uh, Forgotten Sons was quite a bad name choice for them because every time they turn up, I go, "Oh, it's them again." Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, there's just something that I'm not enjoying about them it's out but this Jackson Riker who has has spelled J-A-X-S-O-N because uh, reasons <laughs> because reasons exactly um, but what they did to Carrillo just basically annihilating him out in the fan area was good and then Bertrand Lorcan came out came to Carrillo's aid so we're going to get maybe a, a six man tag in the future there should be a good one yeah, that was, that's the point, actually, yeah. I mean, she, she should lead to an interesting match, but I'm totally with you. There's something about the Forgotten Sons where I'm just not interested. Uh, Byrne made the point last week that Jackson Riker is the most interesting of the trio, but, the, yeah, the other two are very nothing <laughs> to me. <Yes. laughs> they tried to get them over in the Dusty Tag Classic, but for me, every time they went on to the next round, it's like you were saying earlier, just like, oh, like, those guys have advanced. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but you know, like for me, the proof of how forgettable I find them, I can't remember the one who wasn't in Blake and Murphy's name. <laughs> and I can hardly remember Jackson Viker's name because I keep calling him Gunner from TNA. I just I cannot remember his NXT name, which tells me that he's not made that much of a dent in my uh, mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> just... Uh, oh yes, you're Gunner from NXT from TNA. Uh, the fact that I haven't learned his name <laughs> tells me something. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it should, it's good to see this kind of thing. It's this type of thing that the Forgotten Sons have needed. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're creating a chaotic feel kind of thing, but that is something that they nailed with Sanity, was they were able to create that feeling of chaos. Uh-huh. And, and it's really taken now, till, until now, for Forgotten Sons to do that. It's been a long, yeah. laborious time for them. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's... It, they needed to do something which felt a bit different, and this could be it, as in just that little thing of, well, it turns out Jackson Viker is may- maybe the most mental out of all of them, and you thought he was controlling the other two, when in reality the other two are probably tempering him. That's a different dynamic. <laughs> it's nice that they could be running with that. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yes, it's... Different is nice. <laughs> the fact that they're doing that is, finally, that's quite a good thing. Yeah, yeah so... It's a yeah, I was trying to find a link to the next part with that one, but no, I've got nothing for better fresh air and photo shoots. <laughs> so next up, uh, Adam Cole was uh, chatting shit in his photo shoot, and as English chaps, you know the thing of you chat shit, you get banged. <laughs> Out comes Matt Riddle, who chat shit back at him. Don't worry, the oh, I'm going to use a not very good phrase there. He. <laughs> <laughs> The, the chat shit get banned thing is about to lead me down a bad rabbit hole. <laughs> so I'm going to have to call back out. 
<laughs> but yeah, so this was kind of a setup for Matt Riddle maybe getting come up and uh, at Undisputed's expense later in the show. But yeah, so it's a bit of a setup, and um, it's just innocently Matt Riddle to the side going, "Oh, I'm just next to the photo shoot. Nothing to see. <laughs> Nothing weird here." <laughs> Just smoking a joint in the background, don't mind me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's like, just, bro, just, just, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> a genuine reason to be there as well, which is not often written in to do WWE's product. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are you there? Uh, uh, plot device. It's <laughs> 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 like, oh yeah, it is a it is a photo set, it does make sense. Yeah, <laughs> perfect about it. But yeah, so this is kind of setting up the uh, match that's going to be happening later with Johnny Gargano facing Roderick Strong. And of course, it's undisputed era, there will be a run-in, but this is set up riddle to maybe run in later. So next match, Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah, who we talked about earlier, versus Candice LeRae and Casey Catanzaro. Uh, so Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah, I was saying earlier that I actually quite like the duo together. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, they're not bad duo together, but my God, how many... Chances is Aaliyah going to get, really? Mm. For me, this just feels yeah. like her best opportunity. Uh-huh. And it yeah. feels like there is something, but that's kind of been her entire NXT run. If you watch her go, oh, I feel like there's something, and I don't know if it's just because she's so young and she just needs like time and experience, and NXT are willing to give it to her compared to a lot of other people where they might say, I'll oh, travel the world, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, go out go out into the indie thing, or go out and do, and just wrestle. Make it your living. <laughs> go and do it, and then come back experienced. Whilst they've kept her in NXT and kind of done that, but in NXT. So it's, it's new ground, but they're kind of trying out with her kind of talent. Uh-huh. I mean, all the best to her, but I remember in that Breaking Ground documentary, mm. she was one of the more prominent people in that series. And... To this day, they're still working on it, so I'm not sure what. I mean, I don't mean offence to it's just what What are you going to do with her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, if it's not this, then when she gets called up to the main roster, I just get that feeling of, oh, she could very much just be a jobber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where her ceiling cover is. When I've seen her play the job of old, she's got very good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she can do that part now like, without much effort needed. It's just that, in terms of her being a really strong character herself, I don't know where it's, I don't know when that bit's going to click. <laughs> it could just be the fact that she is so young, because not everyone's Tyler Bates. <laughs> the kind of person you look at them and you hate them because they're so talented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, yeah, maybe it could, could just take time eventually it'll click, kind of thing. But, Casey Catanzaro and Candice LeRae, just the chirpiest team, <laughs> the bubbliest, happiest team of <laughs> NXT women's tag team duos. Because that was one thing as well I found a bit interesting was uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey were talking about defending their titles in NXT and everything. Then they lose them at WrestleMania, and the Iconics have shown no sign of that. Are you expecting their, well, it's even though we're getting tag team wrestling in NXT, are you expecting this, that side of it that Bailey and Sasha kind of thought up of to just die at the wayside and not be a thing? <laughs> I don't, it's a bit strange. I mean, I don't, I don't have a clue what to think about it. <laughs> it's it's two forty a.m. over here. I'm yeah. trying to um, explain away why there's tag team women in, T- in NXT, but I can't. I'm sorry, listeners. I apologise. <laughs> but yeah, 
But yeah, so as we said earlier, uh, Candice Murray absolutely nailed her lines all on this episode of NXT. Uh, got great air, rotation of Brilliant. Uh, that's that. true. And it felt big enough to get the win, which it did. Uh, Candice Murray and Kitty Osara win. Don't know if they're going to be a longer term thing, or if it was just let's get them on telly because they've both mm-hmm. not really been on telly, and this will be good enough kind of place to do it in. But that could be the other reason for this tag team kind of affair. Yeah. Where it's getting them on TV, so it's nothing more than that, maybe. That's true. Yeah, we could be looking into it too much because of what Sasha and Bailey was saying initially. Uh-huh. But <laughs> things, yeah, things have changed so much. <laughs> Who knows what's happening with those titles? Uh, we've got to set up as well after this for Baszler versus, or not, well, the aftermath of Baszler versus Payne from last week and how Io Shirai is going to factor into all that. It's going to be quite an interesting time. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm going to skip quite quickly over... Well, as you know, Cassie Zona showed up from NXT UK. So, uh, Cassie Zona's t- t- uh, time in NXT UK, do you think he's been utilised quite well, I could say? I would say so it has, actually. Um, he's just coming in, saying he's better than everyone, and he's won a couple of matches and lost a couple, but it's quite a, it's quite a big name. He was in the... He was in a dark match when I went to the Glasgow tapings last week. I'm not sure when they were, so he was in a dark match in dark match in the first night or so. So it's good seeing him live. He's not as tall as I thought he would have been actually, which was quite strange. <laughs> um, but it's going well. He's a big bully and a star power. So I'm happy to see him there. And he gets to face Kushida in Kushida's debut next week. So I'm quite excited to talk about that one. Yes. Yes. As somebody who's watched a lot of Kushida, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see him in the WWE style. I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> I've seen spoiler images. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I think even WWE themselves were mental. Like, look, Kushida, isn't this great? Isn't this great, Kushida? Like, yes, I mean, I'm going to, like, fingers crossed. <laughs> I think it is WWE, and maybe the change doesn't work because it's the, it's the Hideo Itami thing. Well, it's just fingers crossed because he could be. You don't know who's going to be Adara Tami with, like, because he doesn't scream talking kind of charisma. Kushida is more the wrestling side of charisma. That's what Adara Tami was. So that's why I get a little bit worried. But he could be great. Could be great. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. However, what I did think was great was the War Raiders versus Street Profits. Oh. <laughs> so, like, almost every person I've talked to doesn't really care that much about the Street Profits and think, oh, they're fine. But I really like them. <laughs> There's something about them, especially Montez Ford, but he's, I think I'm just envious of his energy levels. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I wish I could have that amount of energy at his age. <laughs> I'm just... Maybe it's Red Bull that's in that cup that he drinks. <laughs> so we're in the recording earlier, uh, um, I think Ricky was just drinking a glass full of Iron Brew. <laughs> and I was like, oh, just the fizzy energy. <laughs> it's something that's quite. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Street Profits from the get go took it to the War Raiders and NXT first. And of course, the other part of it is the War Raiders are now on the main roster without their titles. So it's just a thing of, oh, did they already cover this? And I've not seen the spoilers, so I didn't know. I was just thinking, oh, maybe they did lose the titles in NXT. Street so Profits actually go to it. Oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> It was a close call within the first couple of minutes, few hmm. seconds even. Yeah, and I bought it just as much as Forte did, because of course the main roster aspect, and I did. I've not seen spoilers, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so this was added to Street Profits who have not, they kind of, they needed something like this to elevate them for them taking something really so. seriously. Uh-huh. Uh, this was, I think I was saying it last week to Vern that this is, I felt like if the match did go with them taking it really seriously and, and taking it to the War Raiders, that would really help them. And that's exactly what we got. Like just perfect booking for what I was saying last week or wanted. <laughs> it fits perfectly. Yeah. Uh, Yes, they came very, very close to winning, as just as Clive said, after immediately jumping over the top rope and then hitting the five-star fog splash. However, the War Raiders then, they started taking it seriously, and then he just, like, you cross your heart and wish them luck <laughs> at that point. <laughs> then, in the end, it turned into the War Raiders dominating. However, the Street Profits got in a really good, strong showing in, yeah. the, in the meantime. Like, with the War Raiders gone... Do you see Street Profits as potentially being a top team in NXT? Well, uh, uh, how many top team, top tag teams are there in NXT when you think about it? So, the Forgotten uh, Sons. Oh, well, I just remembered <laughs> they existed again. Uh, <laughs> I think next in line, you've obviously got the Undisputed Era, but they've got their um, family issues to deal with just now. Yeah. So there's not many more else apart from Street Profits that I can think of off the top of my head. Hmm. Like, we're at a weird point where NXT is being kind of uh, stalled a little bit because of the randomness of the call-ups. Uh-huh. So, like, you think, because it used to be a lot more of a rhythm and a pattern to it, like you had set points where things kind of, where people, people might get called up so you could write your storylines to start and end at certain points. Now, Big Daddy Vince has gone a little bit random. <laughs> with his call-ups, where he needs a new era every couple of months, suddenly you can't do long-term writing. And and NXT still writes like that. So, mm. like, don't, don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you yeah. don't really know how things are going to go. And it feels, the show's got a really weird, I guess, empty feel in the midpoint areas between the different sections of it. So like we are saying, you've got your tag team champions, but then, if with Roy, Roy is gone, who on earth is actually in that top tag team now? <laughs> because they normally have time to build it up. It's just such a gulf. Yeah, actually, the gulf is actually quite a good way to describe it. That's even with the tag, the Dusty Classic, a, couple, a month or so ago. It was a few of the teams were just put together. Um, that, for me, that raises the other question of how NXT UK feeds into NXT. Because mm-hmm. NXT UK, they've got some top tag teams. Oh, and they, well, I would argue they've got the best tag team division going, to be honest. Yeah, as in like actual effort and consistency has been put into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's surprisingly, suddenly it's interesting to watch. Yeah. Who would have thought? There's a, there's a clear plan of action with the tag team division in NXT UK for me. And uh, I think, uh, if I say Walter has a certain thing involving Walter actually aired, or is that for later? Some things happened on the night that I went. Yeah, that's what I, yes, I was going to say. <laughs> I, I, I've not watched NXT UK this week, so I don't know if it's aired. But we, we without mentioning it, we both know what we're talking about. <laughs> and that that could also have its own implications on the tag scene. Uh-huh. So, again, so, yeah. Can I say As, something that isn't a spoiler <laughs> from when I went? Um, Marcel Bartel was there, as yeah. you would expect on a normal taping. And there was a point where we locked eyes. <laughs> I have not seen a more handsome man walk this planet than Marcel Bartel. Did time stand still? 
Oh, it was magical. All that was missing was a massive moustache. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but sorry, Clive, I am your father now. Clive <laughs> <laughs> Senior. And you've noticed Martha about her voice has suddenly become very British posh. <laughs> In growing the moustache. Uh, but yeah, so in terms of the NXT UK feeding thing, as we were saying, as there's a bit of a gulf, like very naturally, maybe you give a couple of those teams a chance on NXT itself, like they've done with Mustache Mountain, mm-hmm. and how over Mustache Mountain are because of it, in a way. They've yeah. had that spotlight that's really helped them, so it surely can't hurt to give that to a, another team, like maybe Grizzledoon Veterans. Oh, double chance, that would be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> It's just it would it kind of but of course we'd have no idea how they feed if or if they feed at all. <laughs> They're still very separate brands and there've been no crossover at this point, apart from the Dusty Classic, <coughs> really, which has been the only one as far as I know. There was um, Oni and Larkin versus Grizzled Young Vets at Royal Rumble weekend as well. <coughs> ah yes, of course, yes. That was about it. There's, I mean, there's this World's Collide which has muddied the waters as well, so. God knows what's going on. It would be nice if there was some shared universe over and above the commentators just mentioning it. Mm. Kind of like we get with them, yeah. um, with the commentators talking over NXT itself and main roster stuff. Yeah, like, it feels like. Stuff. Yeah, it feels like there should be an also kind of yeah multiverse thing with NXT UK and NXT. It feels mm. like it makes sense. But also speaking of divisions with golf, the main event: <laughs> Johnny Gargano versus Roderick Strong. <laughs> It is, again, it's one of those things. Of, they've got the main event guys, and they are in the middle of establishing Matt Riddle as a future main event guy. It's just that they were with everyone else that's been called up. Suddenly, he's been like he's had to rocket ship his way up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was going to take time. He was going to eventually get there. It's just like suddenly you've lost half your main event. One due to injury, two due to call ups. They got Johnny Gargano facing the Undisputed Era, but outside of that, you got to build up Matt Riddle, and you got Velveteen Dream holding the other title, so he can't really do it. <laughs> so you got to build up opponents for Velveteen Dream. I don't know. I don't think I've seen who he's going to be facing, if anything, in the future. But I like the idea of Matt Riddle being already prime for that position. But that means, in the meantime, you've got Johnny Gargano versus Undisputed Era, and kind of nothing else. <laughs> There'll be no variation. <laughs> Yeah, it's that goal you talked about. Is there, I don't really think there's really much they can do about that. I know it's, yeah. it's call ups and all that jazz. So yeah, like you kind of like the look they've got is the undisputed era are four different people. Mm-hmm. But at least you've got that to play with. Uh, but also, do you think what you brought up a little bit earlier? But they're kind of family issues they might be about to have <laughs> with. Uh, uh, Adam Cole acted, and Roderick Strong having their little kind of mix-up at the end that led to the finish of Johnny Gargano winning. Uh, awesome to see him winning with a uh, with that uh, springboard DDT thing, which is I like it when a wrestler wins with a big move and the momentum made sense rather than it's time for me to hit Mr. Finisher. Uh-huh, yes, I do like that. Mm. This match kind of it did that as well. But also... With Undisputed Era, what it plays off with there, is, uh, Matt Riddle made me laugh because he's like, oh, he's going to beat everyone up, he's going to kick their ass. And then he puts his hand on Adam Cole's shoulder and maybe gets one punch and he's down. Uh, dealt with. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like, who are you? Down. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, Matt Riddle. <laughs> I thought you were going to save everything, but no. <laughs> Take that down. 
but yeah, so do you foresee an undisputed era kind of infighting thing going on, uh, or will they sort things out because they're family? Oh, that's a tough one. I think possibly they are going to break up because, as we said, there is a gulf. It just seems like there's a big gap that needs to be filled with top-tier talent. Yes. I would agree that I think they will split up, which will be very sad to see. They've been a good stable, but I think they need a bit more singles, guys. I mean, they've got a lot of singles there, but they're just not pushing them because of Johnny Gargano ruling the roost for so long and Trampa, he's out now. But they've got, there's room to, I think there's room, a bit of breathing space now for them to spread their wings individually. Yeah, because that's the thing I like about NXT, they're not going to rush anything. And, mm-hmm. like, as you were kind of uh, hinting at, like, people like uh, Dijakovic, I'm, I'm mixing up how I want to say it and how they say it. I know. <laughs> I it, I it. <laughs> but, yes, <yeah>, Dijakovic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Keith Lee, they are building those guys. It's just going to take time, and they don't like to rush it. Uh-huh. So at the moment, you've got the goal. <clears throat> and yes, maybe you're right. Maybe just disbanding undisputed era for this short period of time could work. And suddenly you've got three more main event guys because all of them are capable of being in that spot. Um, yeah, it, it could make it unless this is just they do this thing where you think they're going to split up, but then no, they tricked you. Oh. Oh. Plus, his tensions with Roderick Strong to begin with, anyway, with how he came into the group and how they tried to recruit him for so long. That as well. But, yeah. And I would not put it against NXT to not use that. <laughs> then I expect that it's NXT, they think about that sort of thing and they actually include it in their storylines. Like, what's happened between these characters in the past is actually taken into account. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my God. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we get this feeling from it. That's why Clive can say, well, like with the infighting with the family issues, is that we expect continuity. It actually happens. It does happen now and again, yes. Mm. Right, so before we sign off, I've got 205 Clive on. We should probably talk about 205 Live. <laughs> yeah. So we brought it up a little bit earlier, but Humberto Carrillo versus Drew Gulak in all well, of its glory. Do you not know what the results are anything this week? I've got up your report on Laws of Pain. However, I have not seen it or read the report. <laughs> I've got it, it up for our conversation. Well, I'm happy to give a, a sort of quick rundown of the matches. So first off, it was Humberto Carrillo versus Drew Gulak. Based off Drew Gulak having enough of Carrillo and attacking him last week, Gallagher was not able to be there. He was getting his upper lip. He was getting a mild surgery on his upper lip. That was a strange one. I don't know. I think his moustache <laughs> fell off, maybe. <laughs> um, maybe Robert Wood stole it. Maybe that's what happened to him. Um, that's a weird storyline to start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good match between these two. As I said earlier, Kirill is improving by the week, and I'm, I will hold my hands up and admit that he's just he's doing well for himself. Uh, the Gulak programme has worked very well. He's adopted some of Gulak's ground game, which is good to see, but he's also keeping, staying to his luchador roots. And it looked for a while that Gulak was getting the better of him. Gulak's temper was coming out. Uh, It was just too overbearing. But Gulak decided it was time to leave the ground, leave the mat and try for a suplex. And we've seen it time and again. If Gulak goes up to the top rope, it just spells failure for him. And it happened again. So Gulak spilt to the mat and Carrillo did his, I don't know what the finishing move called, he does a sort of jumping 
springboard backflip moonsault onto Gulak for the win. So he basically beat Gulak in their first time together, which was quite... It was a good match. I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah, well, yeah, with uh, Humberto Cavillo, has he developed any more character even with this? Not so much. It's just that his legacy is too strong a word, but his... The, the character has been built for him by others, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. So once he kind of breaks away from them, he isn't really anything. Uh-huh. It's like, but not as bad, because he took a night without Otis Dozovich. Like, what is his character? He's <laughs> <laughs> not that bad. Fairbairn, perhaps. <laughs> oh, he's an odd one. <laughs> Again, it, it's one of those things where don't look at the statistics of WWE. <laughs> He'll only end up ruining everything for himself. Oh, right. <laughs> so next up is Only Larkin versus Aria Davari. Uh, so Only Larkin, oh, my memory's letting me down. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to talk about his running two five lives so far. Uh, Aria Davari's new character, I guess, in a way, it's he 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 did seem to have a set path in terms of what's happening with Hideo Itami because he left, so now Aria Davari's had that spotlight been doing the squash matches from the last mm-hmm. time I was watching. And this is his re this is Davari's like properly first proper test on Two Five Life since returning. Yeah, a few weeks after he attacked Atami, he had one of his own sort of homemade promo videos. Mm. And I thought, mm, they're probably going to push him and then he won that fatal four way last week, I believe. Mm. Or the week ah. before. I thought they Davari's going to be the next one. So I was surprised to see this match announced when I got up on Wednesday morning to watch the show I wasn't surprised with the outcome Lorcan gave it his best he was ripping out those European uppercuts all over the place but Davari was in headlock mode <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was pulling the ropes down while Lorcan was incoming to spill Lorcan out on the outside uh, it was a good, decent enough match the outcome with Davari winning I've seen people not too happy with it. I can understand why, but for me, I think they're going down the route of let's get some a challenger with a month program going for Tony Nice, where he takes on a few different heels, and then the the right challenger will emerge at some point in the future. So I can't see Davari upsetting Nice in the future. Although he has picked up a few big wins, but we'll see what happens. I'm not too not too worried so far. Yeah, so it sounds interesting. I say interesting with my quotation mark fingers. <laughs> Just because <laughs> the new era for Two Five Live is an odd one, where it feels like, uh, like obviously, to keep the show kind of interesting, and they, need, they at least need new talent being pumped into it. And the only guy they've got is Only Larkin. Does Humberto Carrillo count as new talent? I guess still, <laughs> in a way. Oh, yeah. But it feels like he's still so far away from being a title contender guy. Like he could re-elevate someone like Drew Gulak up there, but there's no not really much new blood for them to be working with. Mm-hmm. And Ari yeah. Davari, with the downside of injury, means the plus side is he feels new now he's returned. Uh-huh. It's a, fit, it's a returning yeah. face, so that's good to see. Yeah, yeah, and again, <coughs> he feels fresh and he's new because he's come back and done all that. Uh, and of course, you've got Tony Nese as a baby face, which is very different. Yeah. <laughs> not the... I don't, do you, have you found like, a way to react to him yet? Like he's settling in in his reign or he still feels like he's... He still feels like, oh, you're too, Tony Nese. I don't want to be cheering you yet. I think his 
the rematch that they had on the 205 Live right after WrestleMania helped a big, in a big way because I thought that personally that, that match was a lot better than the WrestleMania one. They were giving a wee bit more time. There was just a more urgency. It might have helped that they were in a, the Barclays Centre as well. So there was just a real energy about it. And I think quite quickly, I mean, I've, I've always liked Nice, so I've always cheered for him personally. Um, but with it was quite, and he's had a lot of emphatic victories on 205 Live, beating Cedric, um, destroying Noam Dar in an ODQ match, and now uh, destroying, not so much destroying, but really taking it to Buddy Murphy and beating him twice. So I think it's just through sheer grit and will and determination that Tony Nese is favoured now. And long may it continue, I'm happy to see him run with the belt for quite a bit of time. Especially as the everyone underneath him kind of realigns. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. very similar to NXT in that regard. If I were, if I wanted to sum up <laughs> the uh, network review in a way, very quickly it would probably just be that like, is a lot of rebuilding going on. Yes. Yeah. Hope being taken and whatever. So you've got to slowly rebuild. Just keep your champions, your champions. Fix everything else underneath, and then he can elevate. Triple H has got his tipex out and saying, "Right, I'll change that." <laughs> <Who's> that? <laughs> I was just imagining him actually carrying his tipex round as like the <laughs> gate. Uh, but yeah, that's the kind of theme at the moment after WrestleMania. There's been a, the shake-up has had its consequences on the shows people have been shaken up from. So like losing Buddy Murphy is pretty big, and of course Cedric Alexander at least out of depth, even if his character has become no, a bit it's still, a, it's still a big one. Yeah. So now they're having to rebuild, and they haven't really got any stars left really aside from Gulak Nice feels like he's new to the scene time with the title could re-establish that but yeah it's that slow rebuilding over time it's probably going to be fine again because they have something called continuity and character arcs that help you get invested (laughs) over time they'll be fine that's even NXT as well sometimes these people complain that oh they've got these stars now I'm not invested in them like no just give it time they actually invest in characters (laughs) you will care if you keep watching exactly but yeah and do you have any quick comments for NXT UK? <laughs> so um, this is a good, this is going to be the essentially the pre-signing off thing. <laughs> as you go to the recordings in Glasgow, how do you feel about NXT UK as a brand right now? It was, I mean, I do enjoy it. They've got really good matches every other week, and that excitement was reinvigorated on Friday night when I went I went with Ricky from the Ricky and Clive show, and it was it was. A really, really fun night. We had two or three really standout matches. I don't want to give much away, but there's quite a there's some quite good creative going forward. Put it, I've put it that way, and a couple <laughs> of the divisions as well. That is good to hear. Yeah, yeah and it, as as I expected, Gallus were the, the faces basically. <laughs> yeah, that's my thinking about with, with the recordings being in Glasgow. Would this big Scottish faction actually be treated like the heels they were everywhere else. <laughs> it's just like, no, there. In Scotland, they were massive baby faces. Yeah, there was one, I was interested in what the reaction would be for Zach Gibson because with Gibson being a northerner, um, he might be favoured, but he made sure that nobody in Scotland liked him either. And it was a brutal, devastating promo that he delivered. So, and I, I, me and a couple of others were the only ones just I was doing the we are not worthy motions. <laughs> I've fallen in love with those guys. They're fantastic. Right. And that's 
brings me to the end of the show. I, I'm assuming Clive is also quite blurry-eyed. <laughs> Just ready for bed at three in the morning. We've gone over a little bit. <laughs> so, <That happens. laughs> so thank you for Clive for A, having me on his show earlier today for the recording, and B, putting me up with me for another two-hour show. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you for Clive for coming on. Thank you for having me, and thank you for coming on to the podcast, the, the Quiz Time Invitational. It will air at some point in May, so I'll make sure to let everyone know when you make your appearance. And my... Oh, first, oh, actually, plug all of your stuff, Clive, before I sign off. Okay, I'll try my very best. So, we are uh, we are the Rickett and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social... So, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We've got the likes of... Um, One Nation Radio, keeping it strong style. Grown men watch this shit. NXT, then, now, and forever. And All Things Elite. Got something on almost every day of the week. Keep to a nice schedule now. The socialsuplex.com. You can go there for the podcasts and the columns as well. And you can get them sent directly to your email inbox. Uh, The Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group is where you can find us all and a bunch of people talking about wrestling and laughing at people like Baron Corbin. Sorry, Byrne, but you're not here to defend yourself. <laughs> uh, and we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Damn Implicat. You can read my columns on Lords of Pain. Uh, myself and Burn are back next Thursday. Uh, I was going to say, I thought something was announced, but I can't remember. We should talk about at least Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I don't know what else is going to happen. But please do check out the other shows on Laws of Pain Radio. You've heard Social Suplex, they have a Laws of Pain <laughs> run through. Uh, tomorrow you've got Mad Planner Mazza on the right side of the pond. Saturdays is our All About All Elite show by the WCW Legacy Series guys, Miss Fan and Shane the Mystic. Uh, Sundays is the Doc Saves and his permanent Sunday happy place home now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Doc covers what makes him happy. The Sunday's your happy show. <laughs> uh, Monday's the Kingdom of Honor with Jam Man and his friend Jeff talking Ring of Honor and New Japan. Tuesday's is the Global Revolution. And followed by, after SmackDown Live, Rich Latter and James Boyd, also of One Nation Radio. Uh, are they on on Sundays on One Nation on Social Suplex? Yeah, Sundays. Yeah, yeah so on a Sunday, Social Suplex, on, on Live after SmackDown here on Monster Pain Radio, Rich Latter and James Boyd talking about Raw and SmackDown. Wednesday is planned. Sports entertainment is dead. He's done a, I guess, a eulogy for Dean Ambrose on the on the show this week. If you want to check that one out, and then you're back to next Thursday with myself and Burn. Thank you for uh, working all your way through this. It's ended up being segmented rather well, even if me, myself, and Clive are knackered and <laughs> we're ready for bed. Yeah, I for what kind of matter of hours? <laughs> we did. We did both say before, and this is going to be a marathon. <laughs> we want to do it like this. <laughs> uh, so thank you for Clive for taking part in the marathon. But, no problem. And with that, Clive bids you adieu. Adieu and okay the new. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, and I bid you adieu. Adios. Hmm.